What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special interview episode of HTS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. And uh, for this very special interview episode, we're joined by none other than one of the most prolific uh, professional Halo players of all time. He is a former competitive insights team member of 343 Industries. He's a professional Halo player for now native white. Plays second at the 2017 Halo World Championship, and he's ranked 22nd on the top 25 Halo players list. It's Austin McWin McCleary. McWin, how the fuck are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. I'm nervous. Nervous? But Why? on the, but on the surface, I was calm and ready. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Um, no, I'm doing great. Really excited to talk to you. Um, this was in the works for a little while and yeah. what I find what I found fucking hilarious before we're here today obviously is that you did say at Worlds give me a little bit of time and uh yeah. maybe like hopefully sometime in January and I'm like okay I'll just pocket that and move on like not thinking much <laughs> of it you know and then this motherfucker decides to just tweet at us like hey are we gonna do this thing like oh thanks oh no I remembered I was like super excited to do it I just knew like kind of stuff was going to be crazy. Like I just knew that it was going to be crazy. I knew that it was like, going to be like, there was going to be like a lot of shift. I, at first I thought there wasn't going to be much. And then, cause I like heard rumors. I was like, there's just no way. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I said the January thing. I hedged my bet with that. <laughs> cause I was like, I wanted to sit there and say like, I can probably do like early December. I'll probably have the team ready by December. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, there's just no way. <laughs> like, cause even if I have it ready by December, it's like, it'll be close to holidays. Yeah. And like, so I was like, probably January. Uh, yeah. We'll be good. And then literally the announcement takes place like last week. So, you know, yeah, it worked yeah, out yeah. perfectly. Um, I, my, my, uh, my foresight was correct. Yo, it was, luckily. it was spot fucking on. Um, now, we will ask about the roster stuff later, and feel free to talk about as much or as little as you want to regards to that. But let's, uh, let's, start, let's start off easy here. This, this may be self-explanatory, but I feel like it needs asking. Where did the name Mickwin come from? Okay, so a very few people actually know this, the full story. So my dad is like a huge gamer, and he's actually the one that like got me into all this. Like, I was into video games, obviously, because my dad was, so him and I would connect over that. But he's the one that like told me that it was going to be like a sport one day, and I looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> I was probably like eight, nine. But so him and I played a lot of like MMOs growing up together. So like I played like a lot of EverQuest, uh, like Jedi or Star Wars Galaxies with him, uh, Astron's Call, like a bunch of really weird, obscure MMOs in the early 2000s. And one of them that we played was Dark Age of Camelot. And him and I were like big Lord of the Ring like elf fans and like read the books together and stuff. And we were always like fans of elves. So he made a character named Milwin. Well, actually, there's a discrepancy here. He says it was Mirwin. I say it's Milwin because I remember this so vividly because it was a huge moment. If you look at your keyboard, his name was M-I-L-W-E-N. And I just deleted the L and put the K. Because it was right next to it. And that's what it was. So, and it just stuck. I, it just has been like that ever since. Um I had, like, other MMO names for, like, dwarves and shit that were always, like, themed. Like, the dwarf's name was Geekide and stuff like this. But, like, um, yeah, Mickwin was the one that, like, stuck. It became, like, my gamertag on Xbox Live when it came out. I My character's name on Sega Dreamcast and Fantasy Star Online was Mickwin. Um, and, then I, and then I shelved it for a little bit. I was G-I-X-X-No-Scope-X-X for, like, two years. 
and then I switch back <laughs> to Nightwing. But yeah, comes from my dad. He's the guy that pretty oh because Dark Age of Camelot had family trees. Oh, so like he could be my dad in game, and elves always like keep their surname, which is like the Win, right? So like that's we're the Lord of the Rings nerds, and then I found out that Win means fair maiden, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're also a big Lord of the Rings nerd, Will, aren't you? Not probably not as big as 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 that, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely into it. So that's that's awesome. That is yeah, that is awesome. We're big elf fans. Also, I love how game. I love how the the story transitions from oh, this is a very heartfelt story about my dad to him typing it out on the keyboard <laughs> to you just transitioning one letter over yeah. because it's easier to type. Like awesome. I was like, I'm trying to think. So Dark Age of Camelot probably came out like 2001, 2002. Okay. So I was like nine, eight or nine. It's kind of the same story of like him when he told me that games were going to be a sport one day because he was like following fatality and like painkiller and stuff. Oh, yeah. So he he had the the correct insight there. But yeah, it's it's pretty basic how I got it. But yeah, I've had it ever since. It's just stuck. That's amazing. And I love how you went through your like puberty phase of having XX in your name as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Too. And I was a part of like a stupid Halo 2 clan. Like, <laughs> yes. I, But I didn't want to be on KSI. So I joined GI because they had a pro team. And I was like, yeah, GI is cooler than KSI, but it was all fucking lame. Like, <laughs> I love this. That's awesome. I love every second of this. Now, um, we're obviously I'm going to get to the beanie in a second because that's kind of iconic. And obviously you're wearing one right now because why wouldn't you be? But uh, speaking of your dad, um, you have an incredible story, like you mentioned, when it comes to your introduction to Halo. Um, including your father doing something uh, we always dreamed our parents would do when we were kids. So uh, what is your Halo origin story? And I believe you're going to mention it, so I'll just ask as well. How did you practice in CE to eventually overtake the skill of your dad and uncle? Okay, so my dad was like, he spoiled the shit out of, of me because I was an only child. So like anytime a new console came out, we would get it. I, I referenced, you know, I brought up like the Dreamcast. Like we had the Dreamcast. Like I remember having like Turbo Graphics, like... He built me like this really nice PC because I played a lot of Warcraft three. Um, and one day, like he called like I'm at school. And I'm trying to. So I would have been in first grade. The good thing with my grades is that I graduate. Well, I finished school in 2012. Okay. And um, that was like my, so if it's 2001, I was in first grade. If it's 2002, I was in second grade. If I'm 2000. So I can actually remember this stuff really easily. That's awesome. So it was first grade and I went to like a charter academy and they had me like in it was like stupid, but he pulled me out of school and we were like in his green pickup truck and we get to the house and I'm like, what are, what's going on? And he pulls out the Xbox. And I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what's this? He said, this is Microsoft's new console. And he's like in this game. And he pointed at Halo is the game that everybody likes. I was like hyping up and saying it's amazing. So we sat down, him and I played it like through the campaign together, split screen, I think in one night on, it was easy, but like we just played it, th we put it on easy together and yeah, so my my dad's a twin. So my uncle has a, a son my age. And then they also have a sister who has a son that's my age. So those were basically like my brothers growing up because I was an only child. And so was my cousin Kyler. Brandon had three sisters. He didn't get a brother until he was like almost 20. So we were like, you know, thick as thieves. And... We would play like NFL Fever and Mecha Salt and Whacked and all this stuff on the Xbox. But like whenever my dad and my uncle wanted to play Halo CE, like they'd just like stomp us. But my cousin Brandon took a light, like kind of had like the natural talent that I had for video games. And him and I started like playing against one another. And then we started like 2v2ing like his friends from his school because he went to a different school. 
and just like started owning them. And then, yeah, then we were able to beat my dad and my uncle. But I say this like we were not playing competitive C. It was like Sidewinder 2v2s with AR starts. Like we were shooting our ARs across the map. Like we had no idea how to actually play. Um, and then I actually like C was like, I liked it and then we would play that, but I was still like addicted to Warcraft three. Like I, I played Warcraft three pretty much like I'd get home from school and like play it until I go to bed basically. And Halo two comes out. He, he lets me take the day off so we can play Halo two. Cause it's such a big deal. Cause it's online and they have all this stuff and you know, kind of that revolutionary moment. And we, uh, we sat down to play it. I played one game. It was headlong bomb BTB. And I got mad and got back on Warcraft 3 for like four hours. <laughs> and then and then I was like, that's stupid. And then I saw him playing like 4v4, not 8v8. And I was like, wait, you can play 4v4? He goes, yeah. And then I played 4v4. My first game was on Lockout and 4v4. And I picked up the sword, which in CE, when me and my cousin would play, we were always like, dude, the sword would be the sickest weapon to use ever. So I picked up the sword right away on Lockout. And then, yeah, it was, I was addicted at that moment. And then my dad told me, that it would be a sport i didn't believe him and then next thing i know he booked a trip to chicago 2006 to let me play in the ffa oh. and we went to chicago 2006 and i played in the ffa and that's yeah how it all started history yeah your dad's fucking awesome like yeah he's a big gamer he loves it oh he's fucking awesome like, <laughs> he, called, he called me at five o'clock in the morning the other day and he was like He's like, yo, can you help me get this gun in Destiny? I'm like, dude, it's 5 a.m. He goes, I figured it'd be a good time to call you because he gets up early and I'm up late. I was like, I just got in bed, man. I'm down to do it tomorrow, though. But then he texted me at like 6 30. He's like, got it anyways without you. So, <laughs> what gun was it? <laughs> uh, Revision Zero. That is oh, the new yep. Pulse Carbine. Yeah. God, your dad's fucking awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> does, he, does he ever come out to events? Uh, he, he hasn't been to one in a really long time. He hasn't been to one since Dallas 2011. Is he going to be at Charlotte? Probably not. No. He's it's busy. your return. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he's, he's bummed about it, but he's got real life stuff he's got to focus on. So my I'm mom might there. make an appearance, but she's going through some stuff right now, too. So I don't know. We'll see. Me and my girlfriend. I, I got Carly. I always got Carly. So awesome. she's coming. Awesome. Um, Will, I'm going to let you take the beanie question. Go for it. So what is <sighs> the origin of wearing the iconic beanie? So I'm trying to like think exactly. So I was a big Viva La Bam fan. Like I was a big Bam Margera oh, fan. I'd always yes. wear the beanies with the brims. Great show. Holy shit. Yeah. No, I, I just rewatched it like a couple months ago. Actually, it still holds up. It's so fucking funny. But so good. my aunt was really big. So my aunt, I say aunt and you would think that she's like 10 years older than me. My aunt's like only like five, six years older than me. So she was kind of like my big sister growing up. And, um, she was really into like the whole like that like alternative scene and got me into like bam and like the music that i like and everything so i started wearing like the beanies with the brims and then but i would take them off the game but i'd wear it all the time like pretty much like 24 7 i'd sleep without it and then game without it yeah and then as i started growing out my hair my hair would become like a big problem and i have to like tuck it behind my ears so i started putting it up into the beanie and putting the beanie on and then like pulling the beanie back so that my ears could still be on the or like the heads I could go over the ear cups. And then I played a tournament with it on and like absolutely destroyed, like felt like I played really well. And then since then it was like one of those things that like I have to have it on. And now I'm to the point where it's like, if I don't have it on, I feel like pretty much naked. 
um because i game so much and i was wearing them so much outside of gaming that it just like kind of crossed over and became a thing I was going to say, we see, like, you go back and watch old VODs and whatnot of you competing at a much younger age, and it's, you're still just wearing one. It's like, it's just, yeah. it's a constant <laughs> thing. So you can find MLG Columbus 2010. They did a Big Flex 4, like, piece on me when I was 16. Stop! Stop! And you see my hair. Stop! That's a question later. Hold it! Hold it! <laughs> oh, man! You're a Big Flex 4 champion! That's... <laughs> yeah, online and land. God damn! I fucking I went back and watched that. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because yeah, oh, we'll man. wait for the for that question. But that's that's a crazy moment in my career. That whole situation. I am I'm so excited. I'm so excited. What? Go ahead, Will. All right. Do, uh, do you, well, you kind of answered it. Do you ever take it off? Sleeping yeah, when I sleep. That's about yeah. it. You don't sleep with an shower. Eye? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, shower, sleep. I'll take it off if I have to for like really like fancy stuff sure. like a wedding or something but usually like once the pictures end and like the recital like it's the wedding's like over it's instantly back on <laughs> that's um, amazing do you just carry it like in your suit pocket or something just like I right put it in my back girl? pocket yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i like roll it up put it in my back pocket yeah any other styles or is it just the slouch beanie now yeah just the nefs the like the yeah. i don't even like the different colors it's just black nefs black nefs and there we go just the slouch on yeah have you ever thought about getting sponsored by them they don't do it I've tried. That's bullshit. That's fucking so, bullshit. So, so Clay, Clayser, and Cod, he was a big beanie guy too. Yeah. And him and I have talked about it one day. Like, has Neff ever responded to you? He's like, no, they don't do it. And I was like, okay, if they don't do it for you, they're not going to do it for me. Because that guy has like a million followers on Twitter. So. Well, damn. We got one more there. There's one more? Yeah. I mean, you basically already answered it well, if it's yeah, a black one. Not, yeah. Favorite yeah. one, Black Neff, right? Any other favorites yeah, from the collection, yeah. or is it just the black Neff? Just the black Neff. I any different color, I just like I don't know. It doesn't work for me. How many black Neffs do you have in your collection? Like 20, 25. Jesus Ooh. Christ! And then they usually like after like like after like six washes, they're just torched. They're completely ruined. So okay. then you just have to get new ones. So my grandma always gets me five every Christmas. Still. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because I'll be done with five of them by, like, by Christmas. Oh, like, five man. of them will be ruined. I think I have one randomly back here that's, like, it's all torn to shreds. You wash them, after you wash them, like, six, seven, eight times, they're just chalked. Because they're not designed for you to wear all the time and wash all the time. They're designed to, like, oh, I'm going skiing or snowboarding or, like, it's a fashion look this time. Yeah, they're not designed to be on your head all the time, but. No, Mick Wentz just getting sweaty playing Halo with mine. <laughs> um... Okay, let's let's get to the professional career here because you're pretty decorated. Let's just be honest. Um, okay, so I have a few highlights here, obviously, but then a couple potential lowlights because I want to highlight a couple things and I want to get your perspective on a couple losses that you had as well, okay? Yeah. But let's start with the good. So how did it feel becoming an official Big Flex 4 FFA champion at MLG Raleigh 2010, competing against the likes of Hoaxer. Yeah, so it goes a little bit further back than the Raleigh thing. So at the time, my mom was supporting me to take me to tournaments, and she was like, you know, giving up a lot of extra cash to make it happen. And she told me that, like, I think I had just turned 16. She's like, hey, you need to start, like, kind of figuring it out on your own. Like, I'll still help you get there and stuff and go with you, but... I need help on like the hotel and that type of stuff. So I saw there's a big flex online tournament 
and I signed up for it. And if you win it, you get the full expense paid trip to the next tournament. So I signed up for it, and I had like never played FFA and Halo Three. <laughs> I had like kind of just starting playing, started playing Halo Three again because I didn't play for like almost all of 08. and and I played like here and there in 09, But like I just started actually like playing a good amount, and I won the Big Flex Online tourney somehow. Oh man! Got the sponsorship to go to Columbus, and so they did that little piece on me, and I played second in that land FFA. But because I was a Big Flex Four champ or whatever, they kind of like uh what's the word they 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 continue to pay for the if you won the online one then you get to go to the championship okay so my dallas trip was already paid for so i was like okay wait i'll go play i'm gonna go play in raleigh since that event's already paid for and then just play in fa and play with my team and stuff and i played yeah and i ended up winning the raleigh one and i don't even really remember that i remember my controller was broken <laughs> too like if i shook it it would like disconnect and it happened to me like in the middle of fights sometimes so yeah somehow i still won that um and that's when like i finally got some like confidence i would say because at the time you know i i just placed top 20 with like gmm mm -hmm. the event before and you know i was just still young like i didn't know how good i could or could not be and then winning that i was like okay wait a minute i'm actually like better than most ams so that means something and you stole the beanie yeah. yeah, that was the original beanie. That the, was the one. The original? That one. Yeah, so that was the one for my hair. That I, My hair was so crazy long. Yeah. I had to go get one specifically that, like, was bit, like huge. Mm. I, and that was, the, that was the one that, like, started it all. Oh, man. And look, look I, where I, you I are now. I lost it, though. You lost it, though? Lost, yeah, and the moves. No! I have no idea what happened to it. It was so tore up, though. I had a giant gaping hole, like, in the, like, the top of it. It was, it basically looked like a sock. At that point, but that needs to be framed. That, that's <laughs> that, that's that's history right there. That's uh, it's lost the time, unfortunately. Uh, all right, let's go to the next big win here. UGC St. Louis 2015 in a bracket reset, no less, alongside now retired players Chig and Cloud, and still going strong Ryan Noob. Yep. So how did that feel? Uh, that that was so crazy. So. Obviously, there was really good teams, and that was when Lethal had joined EG. Um, so, I think going in, we were, like, confident, but we had kind of the mindset of, like, placing third. But then, I think it was... It might have been straight sick. Um, was watching us warm up against some team. I forget which team. And we just, like destroyed them in the warm-ups and the stuff that we were doing like he said it was like you he literally looked at us he's like you guys are winning this tournament oh shit and i was like what why he's like dude you guys are so far ahead of the meta wow. i was like really he's like yeah so sure enough we start playing and we're just like kind of frying everybody and then we get to um finals and so we came from winners yep and we we beat them on everything except for warlock bomb or sorry, we were yeah we we lost Warlock Bomb to them. We lost Warlock Bomb to like everybody. Okay. But against them, we lost Warlock Bo Warlock Bomb. I remember just saying like, if we win Warlock Bomb, if it's in the next series, we're good, we're chilling. And then Warlock Bomb was game one, I think. And we won it, and I was like, okay, we're three outing them. And then we three out them after that. So, <laughs> um, I think we three out them. Could be wrong. But yeah, so that that was crazy. My my mom was there. That was that was crazy. I, obviously Halo was in kind of a low point at that point. Like 
kind of on the bounce back, I should say. Like that's when HDS started to actually kind of support stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Like it was fresh. It was like I think we were there like the the day after New Year's. So it was like really early. It was like the fresh New Year, like the second tournament. We had just got Chig back after Clutch subbed in for Chig, and then yeah, we won. Just fucking insane. Um, and then it, it, gonna jump ahead here for a second, but um. <clears throat> Speaking of Chig, you've competed alongside your longtime friend and now Sentinels head coach Chig for many years and many titles, including Reach, Halo 4, and 2 Anniversary. How vital was it in your professional career having a player in person like Kyle on your team? Yeah, so finding a duo that like compliments you in general is just kind of the way, like the play. It's the, it's the play, right? Because you have somebody who's one, you guys are going to be stuck together, so you don't have to deal with like any shady bullshit. But yeah, Kyle, Kyle to this day is still just like the most solid teammate I've ever had. Like he never really lost us games. I, I don't think he actually ever like was the reason that we lost, but he was never really the reason that we won. He just was like a very solid player, really good comms, won his fights, stayed alive, didn't throw the game away. Um, he's just a good teammate. Like he was just, he's still one of my favorite people like ever. Um, yeah, I just, that, that was the first time that I had had like, somebody who had placed well that also respected me on my team because prior to that it was like well i don't want to say that walsh had placed well and he respected me but it was like that was actively still placing well and also showed me respect even though i wasn't and then when we started teaming like that gave me a ton of confidence as well because of that so yeah i mean kyle kind of like springboarded everything for me in a lot of ways by giving me an opportunity after being like a top 12 kid the whole year (laughs) that's that's awesome. It's we we had the pleasure of meeting him really for the first time. Uh, was it at Raleigh La- last year? No, I think that was K- Raleigh or Casey. That's the- Either way, we, he was on a his team uh, United at the time was playing on a featured station, and he was sitting in the front row, like uh, getting information and whatnot because the screens were so fucking small. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, we just went up and sat next to him. We're talking to him a little bit, and he's st- like, it totally makes so much sense uh you two teaming together for so long because i swear to god you two are literally like the two chillest people in the scene and i mean that yeah. in the nicest way possible like it's it, yeah it, it, it's funny to watch happen like oh my god they did team together for so long and they're like personality wise to me from the outside looking in it feels like spitting images of one another so yeah there was i mean there was differences there but for the most part it was like just like chill like we just i think that was another big thing is we just like didn't take shit too serious so it just like kind of took that edge off of like dude we're like we're playing halo like who gives a fuck (laughs) you're just playing (laughs) yeah yep all right another win um i feel like this needs to be asked considering it was my personal first ever live event while also being over my birthday weekend which was funny oh wow um how did it feel winning the HCS North American fall finals 2016 event again in a bracket reset alongside Pistola snipe down and hook against the now former CLG optic talk Sentinels roster. Yeah. I can never win easy. Huh? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, like, like, I was it fucking hard. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was crazy. So when that team formed, like we knew we were going to win. It just was like win, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't like a, like, that was kind of the downfall of that team was just it wasn't ever a talent problem. It was just 
like it just worked um so yeah i mean that was fucking crazy because everyone had kind of written olaf um and i stuck up for him and like got him on that mv team prior to that with uh rain and l-town which kind of kept Ola's career going and then yeah we fucking did it i like when we scrimmed them for the first time obviously there's all that drama where snipe down was like man it feels good to beat the god squad even if it's only a scrim and i was like you're a fucking fool but um yeah because then we went to oc and like played kind of bad in the finals against them because they're just a really fucking good finals team like if you're in the finals against them like they just kick it up a notch so like the fact that we like i was talking to frosty two nights ago actually in eights and he was like you guys were fucking peaking like you guys were playing the best halo ever that you guys have ever played i was like yeah it's actually true though um I wish that team worked a little bit harder, obviously. I think we were all guilty of that, but yeah, that was a very, 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 very like memorable. I'll never forget that, obviously. It was one of my favorite moments. And I'm not just saying it was my first event that I've ever been to, but like it was one of my favorite moments because I was rooting so hard for you guys to topple them. And be- we made it as crazy as possible. Oh, yeah. Sitting, I, I was sitting <laughs> in the front row with my wife, and like we're, we're just watching it all unfold. And I, I, when it went to the bracket reset, I'm like, oh my God, okay, let's just get through this. Please, for the love of fucking God, get through this. I was so fucking tired. I was like, God, dude, why do we do this? <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out in the end yeah. and you guys got that W and I was screaming. It was amazing. Um, was awesome. But now let's get to probably the greatest bracket reset tournament victory we've ever seen in a UMG Daytona 2017. Uh, where no you not? One. You not only won the bracket reset against Optic, but it went the entire game 14 distance, Austin. Yeah, we won both game sevens. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you you can say a lot of stuff about that. I mean, we were fucking icy, though. Like, that's the one thing that you can say is that we were actually maybe the iciest team. But fucking trolls sometimes, too. But, yeah, that one was sick, too. I As the years have gone on, it's actually kind of lost its uh, magic, though, because Snakebite was super sick. So, like, you yeah. could listen to his comms and stuff. Like, I was telling Frosty that, like, I count it, like, kind of, like, I count it, but, like, kind of don't at the same time in my own head. It's like, it, like, obviously we beat you, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's lost its magic a little bit, unfortunately, which happens. Like, I'm lucky enough that there's enough tournament wins now that, like, one can lose its magic. I'm like, ah, whatever, fuck <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, oh, you're really humble for saying that. And you're like, I have enough that doesn't even fucking matter. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am. I know I'm super lucky that that's the case. There's very few people that have won four tournaments. There's very few people that have won multiple tournaments with the same team. Absolutely. So I think it's like a short list of like under 20 people. So you've, we've talked about bracket reset after bracket reset after bracket reset. Um, having competed for as long as you have and having won tournaments in the fashion you have, do you believe personally that there is a definitive advantage to getting to the grand finals of a tournament through the winner's bracket? Yes and no. You get that cushion, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can kind of, like, get back into it. It just depends. So, like, if the team comes from, like, a deep loser's run, you're at a disadvantage if you're coming from winners. But if it's, like, a traditional tournament where, like, let's use, like, straw man, but, like, let's say Optic beats SSG in winners' finals. SSG then beats Native Red in that one series. Or, sorry, C9, but... Um, then beats Native Red in that final or in the losers finals to make it to the finals. There's not really a disadvantage there for Optic. The difference was that C9 played from losers one 
all the way up. So, or I guess it would have been losers two or losers three or something. But like it they, was, they went it was to losers, losers as early one. as they could. It was, it was losers one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they went to losers as early as they possibly could have and played through the whole bracket. That's when you're at a disadvantage. Um, so yeah, it just depends on the situation. Like if it's if it's a typical tournament where there's one there's number one and number two and they play each other in winners, one team wins that, you know that, that team's gonna make it back to the finals. There's the advantage goes to the winners the winners bracket team at that point. Um But yeah. That's what made the Worlds one so impressive to me is like they got kind of slammed the first series and then took a quick breather and like wait a minute what the fuck are we doing and turn it around absolutely and then now we've we hear um speculation about this consistently uh especially when a team um that's coming from losers bracket whether it be a deep run or just a couple series whatever it may be and they get to the grand final and they lose uh is at any time does fatigue start to set in yeah yeah big time uh i was talking to eco kevin and he was like Dude, i'm gonna bring like fucking uh like granola bars and put them in my <laughs> bag for main stage if we keep doing stuff like that yeah i mean you start to get like hungry and really tired especially when like you don't know what time it is because you're not looking at your phone but like you can tell you're like i started the series at eight i'm in game fucking 14 it's gotta be like midnight and then sure enough, it's usually probably like midnight. Um, yeah, it does. That's why like that's why like when people like d- don't try and scrims for the whole game, I'm like, what are you what do you just want a three hour everybody? All right, whatever. I mean more power to you, but yeah, it it gets everybody. It's it's tough. You think it gets players the younger ones as well? Not as much. They have like that natural energy, they're not old. So. I didn't want to call you old. We're around the same <laughs> age, but like, you know, um, I'm an old man, like in, in the scene at this point, cause it's like me and Eco are 29 and then the APG is 28. Ace would have been older than us. That's it, it's, it drops off like steep after that. Well, formal formal is like 28, 27. Then I think after that, it drops off steep. It's like the next person snake, but I think he's like 26. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. then it's like 24, and then like Renegade's 22, and then a lot of like 20, 21-year-olds now. Yeah, we're old, Will. Yeah. 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 Yep. We're 31, so, you know, we're just, we're big yeah, chilling over here. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back pain yeah. and all every morning. Owning it. Absolutely. The knees are starting. Oh, oh. it sucks, man. <laughs> it fucking sucks. <laughs> Dude, I woke up today, and I would slept so hard, my lower back was on fire. I was like, fuck, I got to scrim, too. <laughs> <laughs> Get the Ben gay. Um... Or actually, icy hot, right? That'd be icy hot. Yeah, yeah, icy yeah, hot. Yeah. I use asper cream. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, now with the fun stuff out of the way, um, unfortunately, I, I kind of want to bring up some potential downers here, but I think it could provide some context and some learning abilities for others as well. So while it isn't a fun thing to do, I feel the need to ask about a couple losses. The 2017 Halo World Championship playing for uh, Jesus Christ. What? Envy. God, I almost said Navi for some fucking reason. I don't know why that was a man. You're uh, thinking about partner teams. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, alongside Pistola, Snipe Down Hook, and Coach Alumni. Um, after being sent to the loser's bracket after a heartbreaking first round loss to Team Liquid 3-4, to four, you guys made an unbelievable run. Sweeping all through losers until facing off against Liquid once more in the loser's bracket final, this time taking that series 4-2. to two. But you were prepared for this. This is where you and this is where you t- and the team saw yourselves. In the grand finals and probably against Optic at that time. Turns out that's exactly what happened, but the results did not go in your favor, losing to Optic 4-0 and taking second in the tournament. 
So what were the conversations like after a run like that and then losing in the grand final? Uh, so the conversations after the winners round one loss were really important. So like we went back to the room and like that team just had a tendency to like get just too stuck up in its own head of like, we should be in the fucking finals no matter what. Like nobody can even touch us, but optic yada, yada. And we got a little complacent, I think all of us, but I just remember like going back to the room and I'm like, dude, this we're fucking chilling. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I think the thing that we need to remember is like, let's take the edge off. Like 20, 30 years from now, we're going to be like, holy shit. We played for a million dollars. Like, what do you want to say that you ended up in fucking round one? So like, let's go hard. And I, we sat down I think we won like 21 games in a row. Yeah. So, f- fun fact, that tournament is like one of my highest points. So you used it as a low point. That's one of my f- favorite tournaments ever. That's awesome. Because I I have the unique perspective that I left. Like, I left all this behind yep. and was able to look back at it. And that's the one that, like, whenever I was thinking about, like, high moments, like, that's the one where, like, we came together and, like, fucking almost did it. Like, I, yeah, losing in the final sucks. Like, obviously, I wanted to be a world champion, but, like... They're the fuck. They're a god tier team. Like it just is what it is. Um, the way they were able to bounce back and like rally and do what we did was like, I mean that's what that team did. But it was just like really special in that moment because all the pressure was on and we just like didn't let it affect us. And like it wasn't even pressure or fatigue in the finals. Like we just didn't play well against them. Like they play, they outplayed us. Um, so like that, yeah, that one. You know, you look back at it and you're like, it's a little bittersweet, but it, it is like still a really high moment for me. That's awesome. And I mean, thinking back about it, that team that you had was, has some of the best players in the world. I mean, you can't, yeah, yeah including yourself, obviously, you're one of the yeah. best players in the world. Um, and then you kind of answered this, but just more specifically, what was the mentality going into the grand finals of that tournament? Yeah, same thing. I mean, it was just like, like, this is a world championship. We're playing for a million bucks. Like, let's just fucking like do our best. Um, and not like worry about it too much. Like, don't think about it being a million dollar tournament. Like this is the biggest tournament of the year. We, this is everything. This is the culmination of all of our work. Like, let's just put it all out there. And we really didn't, but, uh, I mean, the first game was close, but yeah, other than that, that's, that's the worst part about that tournament other than like the, the early losses, but the early losses, we kind of chalked it up to, we just weren't playing our game. Sure. Like obviously getting Porto in the final sucks. There's no obviously. way around that. But <laughs> like if you look at it as a whole, it was fine. All right. Last one I have as we reminisce. Um Worlds twenty eighteen. And the controller disconnect heard around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So um up to this point as a competitor, you've had to have seen it all. But even still, this singular moment in Halo Esports history continues to stand out. Can you walk us through this moment and provide additional insight, if any, into the disconnect itself? So, prior to the tournament, Sparty was having controller issues and it was disconnecting. And before we, the Zane tournament, was, yeah, like about a week before. But Tyler, Tyler really cares about like he has a break in a controller, so we understood. Right. And Penguin was really good at fixing like the USB port on controllers. Like he's a controller wizard. So yeah, we can fix the the controller port. So he fixed the controller port. But it was still happening. And we couldn't figure out what it was. So yeah, we like we said like we need to do what you do to like we need to do what we need to do to get it fixed so it doesn't happen mid game. I think I even joke, like, watch it happen. I was like, if it happens in like a game seven, like I'm gonna be fucking pissed. And then 
literally but <laughs> so when it happened i actually wasn't even like mad i was just like a fucking course like <laughs> like a fucking course so it turned out though he was using his own cord and it was the cord and if he had used this cord that was given to him by mlg I, I, they might have been esports engine at the time but the tournament host yeah. they would have done a replay but since it was his equipment they don't do the replay because it needs to yeah they just they have to be careful with those rules what they would have done a replay if it was their cord yeah because then it was their provided equipment so i have a dumb follow-up could how could you prove it was the cord though that's we just figured out that that was the problem at that point because okay. he had fixed the controller port he had like done everything possible so it had to have been the cord got it okay. um but it might have not been it, it, like i mean it's definitely possible that it wasn't but i i think all of us were like it was the cord <laughs> so, but it, and well and i don't i'm not gonna sit here and act like you know like he should have fucking used their cord like the cord that they gave you is like this fucking big oh yeah and the cords that you we're using are like you know, i can't even show it on camera they're like 10 footers right yeah because the worst thing that ever is like, so I have my cable right now and this one's kind of short, mm -hmm. but like when it gets like all wrapped up and stuck on you and stuff, you don't want that. So you want like a pretty long one that goes along the side and then comes up through the back of the control, the chair usually. Yeah. And you don't want the short one. So you're not like playing like that. So I'm not going to blame him for that. It was just like the universe definitely was like, this is fucking happening to you the week before. And then it did. And I, so I was just sitting there and Eric was just fucking livid, obviously, because Eric is Eric. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. And also, I had pleurisy. I landed and had pleurisy, which is like inflammation of the rib lining. So I was on like steroids to not feel them. So I'm sitting there like not feeling too hot on steroids, like ready to just like roid out rate, like roid rage it out. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going back to the hotel, dude. Oh, fuck my this. God. Like, I was like so angry. You can't even tell. Like if you look at the rebroad and yeah. like watch me, like I don't even look that mad. But I inside, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I couldn't deal like i was in like a war with myself of like should i be mad am i mad i'm fucking pissed wait what the fuck it was really weird it was a really really weird moment i i just couldn't believe the circumstance in which it happened yeah. you guys had like a four or five yeah. kill lead spartan just got snipe like he gets back to engine and then he looks over camo zane gets camo for free we're probably up like seven kills at that point with camo snipe um, because Sparty could have dropped it for Zane, yep. and then Zane is fucking a god, so he probably would have extended the lead even more. Like, I think everybody except for Envy realizes that we probably won that game seven. <laughs> oh, Envy, and... of course, will be like, nah, it's fucking <laughs> close still. Of course, I get that, but yeah, I think everybody was like, eh, they fucking won for sure, and I think we were all like, we fucking yeah, this sucks, but I uh, whatever, it shit happens. As somebody who is rooting for Envy, I'm sorry, uh, but as somebody uh, who is rooting for Envy in that series, uh, our buddy Justin was sitting right next to me, and he was rooting for you guys. And, like, so as this happened, like, I, okay, I was an asshole, and I cheered for it because I'm like, oh, shit. And then he was, he was like, livid. Um, but I agree with you. I, I've said it since the day it happened, is that I truly believe that if uh, – Spartan was able to get away with uh, with um, snipe. Then you guys would have got camo uncontested because you guys were set up for it right away with that snipe right there. Um, and I truly believe you guys would have won. You guys had a lead. You were going into it, and everything was poised to keep that lead yeah. going, like you said. But it just fuck. Unlucky, unlucky. <sighs> I think I literally Eric was sitting there bitching. I was like sitting there. I was like unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really could say. <laughs>
I don't know. We if like you went can... backstage and is so pissed. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't know if you could recall, but did you guys have information that Pistola was jumping up to that overlook? Because, because I mean, Sparty was looking the op. He was looking over camo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was always really curious like, if Pistola or if that kill would have even happened. You, you probably would have been able to get out of there with the snipe. Oh, he, yeah. he absolutely would have yeah. because he stopped dead in his tracks and then Ola was able to pick him off. But like if he, if yeah. he yeah. didn't stop. No, right so, there, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so we knew that Ola was at Carbine and I literally said, I I made the play call. I was like, because I saw Tyler run the snipe. I was like, Tyler, just throw slide the engine. And that's what he tried to do. And okay. he just shook his controller too hard or something when he hit the thrust slide. Like, I, I don't know what caused it, but my guess is when he hit the thrust slide, he gripped really hard and it just oh. it disconnected it. But yeah, dude, he would have just like for free... Like he would have been kind of weak, yeah. Doing the cross for sure, One or but two not shots that weak. That's it. No. Yeah, it was like, even if he dies on the cross, Zane picks up snipe right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was unlucky, but yeah, no, I do remember. Yeah, we had the information because we had just we had him trapped. Like we knew that they were a carbine side, and that they were like gonna try and get out nest. So yeah, it was like we had just like four deaded them, I think, or maybe even like three deaded them, and the camo was coming up. So. Yeah, we. When it happened, I was. I remember the comms were like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> like, but then I was like, and I think Tuger was our coach, and he was like, no, "You guys are fine. Just regain." And then, yeah, I think. I, I don't think we got many more kills after that. To be honest, like, it definitely checked us out. I think you guys kept it close up to like the forty forty one mark, and then yeah, they kind of ran away. But it, it. Oh my god! It's just. I'm sorry to ask, but like, I felt. It's a seminal moment, and like people keep remembering that moment. Yeah. I fucking keep remembering about that moment. So yeah, no, I mean the good thing is, is again, I was able to like step away and get perspective on all this stuff. Like, it sucked in the moment for sure, but it's pretty fucking cool that it's even a conversation in all reality. Like, it's a Halo World Championship game seven, playing a video game. Like, how mad can you act? Like, if I'm 55 years old, am I gonna sit here and be like that fucking controller disconnect, man? <laughs> like, there's just no way. <laughs> just fucking DM Tyler and just be like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, we're like fucking at the elder pool. Like, dude, remember when your controller disconnected? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be like reunions. that. Some people might, but not me. Oh, man. I love it. Will, take the next couple. Okay. Um. So what has been your favorite roster to be a member of throughout your career? Uh, I mean, Envy's the easy choice, but it's both. So if you're going to ask what my least favorite was, it's Envy as well. <laughs> oh, oh. We had our, we had our highs and de- highs and lows. Like that team was together for a really long time. So mm-hmm. I think the highest moments were there, but like we went through a lot of personal shit too, that made that team like pretty, like specifically me, like made that team kind of rough. Um, at times, but the cool thing with that team is the reason it's my favorite is the amount of times we like rallied, bounced back. Because this is like not really known information. So me and Hook are gonna leave before Daytona and team up with Eco and Stellar, and we were gonna go to Liquid. That would have been. And sick. then, then we got into a, con- a call and like talked about it and like let's give it one last shot, and then we fucking won, and then got like fourth the rest of the year. So <laughs> we we honeymooned the shit out of that win, but um. <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, I love that team, like a, specifically the first half of it. The last half was rough. Like okay. we just had a lot of shit going on. And a lot of it was my fault, but yeah, it was, 
it's definitely again another bittersweet thing. Like it was a really good team, and I like nine out of ten memories are positive, but the ones that were negative were really fucking negative, oh, unfortunately. But also at the same time, I haven't really had bad teams. That's good. So like, if I think back, like almost all my teams I've been on, I've enjoyed. Okay. So there was never really like a holy shit, get me off this team moment. Um, there was more of like, holy shit, this team's falling apart. Like we should probably like figure it out type stuff. Well, hopefully Gilkey doesn't fuck you over this year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally no, vibes are good. Vibes are good. Obviously. Good. I'd, good. I'd hope so. <laughs> um, can you give us some Mickwin knowledge? What types of advice would you give to a player looking to go pro? I don't want to regurgitate the same shit that everybody says because everyone's like, just play a lot. Um, <laughs> or just like watch your film. Um, I think you see like a lot of people like, especially at the top right now, like, or sorry, like the older players went through like a lot of like failure, right? There's a few people who obviously come into the league and just see success right away, like Renegade, Snipe Down, like Strazzi. I'm trying to think who's in right now, like, that has seen a lot of success, like formal saw a lot of success right away back in reach. And obviously now like there's, there is those cases and it's really easy as a person to look at those and be like, I should be capable of that. When the reality is, is that most pros have been at it for a really long fucking time. ABG has been playing since 2006. I've been playing since 2006. Snakebite's been playing since 2006. Um, Eco was playing back in Halo three and not placing that well and started placing well in Halo five. Um, you know, for, for every bound, there's six pros that fucking toughed it out and got top 32 or top 48 here and there. Um, that's just how you get better. Like you just go to the tournament and get kind of fried and you realize if you have what it takes then and there sometimes, and some people just don't. And yeah, you just got to tough it out. Like the shit sucks. It's not fun. Like it's not fun to play top 48, like to go to a tournament and play for two series. Like it's just not, but if like you actually want to do it, that's, probably going to be part of the process. Do you think that's the best way to get exposed as a new player? Like, I mean, like exposure, not exposed in a negative way, but like to, to go to events and do that, or is the like online warrior method? I think both work. I think nowadays the internet and like online play is like obviously bullshit, but like solid enough that like a lot of the pros don't have the mindset of the pros that did in Halo three. where like, if you're shitting on somebody in matchmaking in Halo 3, you wouldn't do it on land. Nowadays, it's like... Well, I say nowadays, but there's also like the hacker stuff. But there's, nowadays, if somebody's pretty good online, the chances of that translating to like a tournament is probably pretty high. Um, so there's it's both. Like, you know, it, I think some people do got to go to tournaments and tough it out. And like... If they're like trying to get better... But if, like, you're already just, like, kind of a natural, insane talent, like, you're going to get picked up and get kind of the bound effect or the renegade effect or something like that. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of both. Answers a little bit of both. I, I, I think if you asked me 10 years ago, it would have been you have to go to a tournament and compete well. But nowadays, it's just there's so much online stuff, and online has its issues again. But, like, at the same time, it's still pretty real. Did I... Uh you say going to events back in the day was kind of the big thing you had to do. Um, I remember seeing a few people coming up through the FFA ranks, like in Amish acorns and stuff like that. Uh, 
would you like back in that day, um, to fucking talk about how we're old, uh, was FFA seen as a viable place like to show yourself and be like, Hey, I, maybe I can do this in fours as well. Yeah. Not as much as Halo two though. So Halo two was interesting. Cause you would play against pros. Like the, it was a, the FFA was like a huge open bracket. So you get like a pro in your lobby, like in third round, like I had karma in mind in third round. Oh, it's crazy. And two in Halo two. Um, but they kind of like, MLG started doing that in Halo 3 where like the pros weren't allowed to play in it and then HTS does that now too. Um so like yeah, like if you go through that and just kind of dominate it, like there's something there. But if like you're edging people like nowadays most people look at it and they're just like like whatever. Okay. Um like top AM kids will look at like the Halo 3 FFAs and be like, "Oh, there's this kid, he doesn't have a team, he's winning the FFA, he's probably pretty good." And that was kind of like where you could like springboard. Um yeah, now nowadays, like, I don't, I don't even think like most pros like know who won the one at Worlds or like who even like got top eight at the one at Worlds. And I would, that's not the pros' fault. That's on the structuring of it. I think the format of it, like, I think most pros, if you gave them Friday, because most of us don't do shit on Friday at a tournament anyways. If you gave them Friday to play an FFA, like, there will definitely be like one per team that doesn't. But you'll see a lot of pros actually playing it. Uh. Not to shit on like what happened at the event, but I will say that shout out to the staff that was there to put the thing on to make sure that everything kept running because they did a phenomenal job, but it was, it wasn't structured well. Like you said, uh, it literally went to like late, late into the night. The venue was shutting down. There was literally nobody left except people hanging out at the FFA area. And we, we watched Bob win it. And, uh, and that that like that was it. As soon as soon as that ended, they kicked it. They immediately kicked everybody out. Turn the lights on to get the fuck out. Yeah, because like, everything yeah. else was done. There was literally nobody else there except the uh, like security and just the people hanging out yeah. in the FFA pit waiting for the finals to be done. Yeah, yeah, and I know that it is really really hard to like let a day go by and not run the four v four. So I get why they don't do FFAs. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just crazy how, like, Halo 2... Obviously, I didn't, I didn't go to a ton of tournaments back in, the, in Halo 2, but I went to 2. Mm-hmm. Like, everything seemed to end at a decent time back then. But nowadays, it's like... If you throw one wrench into the gears, suddenly it's, like, midnight, and AMs are having to play at midnight and stuff, and it sucks. It, like, I feel bad for, like, people who are, like, trying to tough it out, because it's just, like, if one thing goes wrong, like, you're going to sit there until, like, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning playing your series. I mean, there's the, the infamous Waka Flocka series. So... <laughs> If you don't know what that one is, that's hilarious. But, um, no, it's it, talking about the wrench, the gear thing is like so many, and this isn't to throw shade at anybody specifically, but like there's yeah. been so many technical difficulties that have been experienced over the last year and yeah. like open bracket, champ bracket, main stage, yeah. like it's it, everywhere. It's fucking insane. So, and it happened in Halo 5 as well. Yeah. It was something like people, like, it's just, I don't know if it's just like modern games. I have, I can go on a whole fucking soapbox about modern games, but yeah, <laughs> it's a, it sucks. Like, things, maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I just chalk it up to nostalgia. You know, as I'm a kid, I walked into a tournament. You could have had me there till six o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't have cared. Um, and I probably wouldn't remember if I was. So, rose tinted glasses and all that, you know? Yeah, That's exactly. All. Uh, Will, do you want to, should we move into the present? Yeah, let's go. Go for it. What, what's next up? <laughs> um, 
Can you explain the roster mania shenanigans heading into infinite HCS season two with native? Uh, um, just for respect of like other players, I'm not going to like go in depth obviously, but mm-hmm. there's three teams that were possible. Two of which were on native, one of which was not. And then this team became a possibility after those three. So I think in October, I had an idea. In November, that idea was different. In December, that idea was different. Then the end of December, that idea was different. The beginning of January, everything changed. So All that's right. kind of how it went, like to TLDR it. Um, yeah. And really the only drama now, or like hiccups now, has just been Visa stuff. So you're, you're literally like the definition of roster mania is your past three months, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, well, everybody too, minus phase, like everybody was waiting for their move, which kind of pissed me off, but I'm like, why are we waiting? We know what they're doing. Like, let's just go, let's like <laughs> get it going. Um, so that we weren't figuring it out in early January, but that's what most people wanted to do, I guess. So yeah, it's crazy. The, it, most, most of the, sh- like where most of the stuff happened was like phase and G1 and then us like is where like the pool of players were like talking and figuring shit out. Um, trying to think. Yeah. Cause red didn't change. So a lot of teams actually did stay together. The top three teams stay together. So they did. It wasn't as bad as like some where like everything changes after the tournament. I've seen those, but that almost happened after KCM, I'm pretty sure. But you said top three teams stay together. Who's the, the top three? Did Native Red? Oh, okay. G9. So we're so we're, so we're saying we're yeah. saying Native Red's a top three team. I'm saying they got third. Yeah, they okay. placed top three. Yeah, the top three teams at Worlds actually stuck at, stuck it out, which you rarely see. Like at most, you see the top two, usually, and then you see that third team plus the fourth place players kind of do something. Yeah. But the thing that was interesting was the fact that Snakebite, Royal 2, Frosty, and Lethal placed fifth, sixth. So that was where it really got complicated for people. Their worst placing of all time. Still, like yep. the only time they're as a team, fifth, sixth, that's still Snakebite and Royal 2's worst placing together as a duo is fifth, sixth. Yep. Of all time. That's so crazy. I think it's happened insane. three times. Fifth, sixth has happened maybe twice, and I think they've placed outside the top two. Obviously, last year was a little bit more, but I think they placed outside the top two together like five times. Yeah, it's it, they're ridiculous, insane. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit back again on the native red thing because I want you to throw shade at your other organization's team. Do you still think they're a top three team now that you're native white, Mickwin? <laughs> no, I support the hell out of them. I lo- I love their grind, like the fact that they're like brothers and like grinded out and stuff. Um, they're obviously inconsistent to an extent, um, and they're. Like, this is, like, truly their rookie year. Like, obviously, they were playing some of the stuff back in the day, but, like, this is truly, like, their first year in, like, the actual height of competition. Um, I've always said it about them. Like, they, they could give you a 12th place. They could give you a 6th place. They could give you a 3rd place. Like, I want to see them, if they can do break into the finals. But, yeah, I, they're, like, I, I like all of them, and I love the way that they've gone about this stuff because they've stuck it out, figured it out, and it seems like they kind of have, like, that brotherly connection. So... They would be the first team. If, so, like, semantic, like, not semantics, but, like, you know, if you want to talk about crazy stuff. So, I don't think there's a single roster in Halo that has ever formed and within their first three tournaments placed outside the top two and ended up winning a tournament. 
So if they were able to do that together, there'd be a pretty pretty crazy story there. But yeah, if you look at every team that has like pretty much ever formed, I think even Carbon, they place top two at least once in their first three tournaments, and then they'll win. So, yeah. Huh. That's usually the way that works. Like I've never really seen. I guess Quo, maybe Quo. Quo would be, but they place top two at the end. So yeah, I don't. I think with that roster, they place top two within three tournaments. Actually, now that I think about it, when they picked up Assault within three tournaments, they place second and they crazy. won. Yeah, that's like it might be four, it might be three tournaments. I don't know, but if they don't place within top two as a roster, like early on, you usually never see that team win or even get close. So the fact that they've been inching forward over time is kind of breaking the rules. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I I respect the shit out of them. No, same here. And they 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 I mean they fucking shut us up at Worlds. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they shut everybody up. Oh yeah, and I mean we were calling them the most consistent fifth six team all year. And then they got twelve. Yeah, and and but then they just <laughs> shot Bounce up. Back. They were overbanded it. Oh yeah, yeah, when it mattered the most. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. So uh, with that incredible native red run, does it add any pressure? to native white to perform or does that like lift you guys up to that you have that kind of second team that's that's been performing how they have um i don't know obviously like it's like new so like i don't know how we feel about that but like me personally like i don't really look at it like that i so you know like the native thing i've been with native since early last year and i know dean so like them getting third was just like awesome for the org yeah so that's all i really care about like we've been joking about it. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do when we play each other? Because it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, it's and really Dean is like, I don't, I don't know. Um, Dean said he might just like walk out. I think. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it really has too much of an effect on us. It's like they are just another team, in a lot of ways. Like, just, I guess there might be some silver linings. Like if we have a bad tournament, if they pop off, I'll be like, fuck yeah. Like at least we didn't like hold native down or like at least native did. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's the, we'll see, we'll see how it happens. Like when we, when we actually play each other, cause again, it's going to happen. It's just yeah. the way it goes. So if you guys scrimmed against it. each other yet, no, I don't even think we have them scheduled. So the scrims this week, we scrimmed the X oxygen roster, took a day off, played sin or, Played Super CC's team. Did not really play well against them. I mean, we played okay in the last half. And then played Sin, got bopped by Sin. Then we played Optic tonight, and it was much better. Um, not, like, good, but we rebounded and actually played all right. So we got some stuff to figure out for sure. Like, But the good thing is, is like, Ozbay and Alex are, like, obviously coming from a different region, so there's a lot of stuff they need to, like, massage out there. But there's talent, so that's all that really matters. And I'll bring it out. I'll figure it out. Awesome. Just... Yeah. Um, so what are you and the team looking to get out of scrims right now then? Uh right now just like finding our identity has been like a little weird. Cause like infinite's weird. It's like you can play super fast or you can play a little slow or a little methodical or you know, all this type of stuff. So yeah, just finding our footing and figuring out like who we are and what we are. Um, there's some stuff that is taking time to figure out for sure. And then also like a big thing too, is like Ozbay, it's his second language. So we have to like think about the fact that like how overstimulated he probably is right now, just trying to figure it out. So 
yeah, I mean, scrims and losing is never fun, for sure. And contrary to popular belief, when people say scrims don't mean anything, like people do get pissed at losing scrims. Then but, I will sit corrected because yeah, I, I tout on the show so many times so, that scrims aren't shit. So they don't, they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but losing them does to the players. Okay. Like, until you get to a point where, like, you're a team that's placing, that's won a fucking tournament together, you don't give a shit about scrims. Like, those guys, like, once you win a tournament, you're like, fucking, who gives a shit about scrims? <laughs> um, like, we'll just scrim it out, figure it out. Like, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. Okay. But when you're a new team... Yeah, that's the, all you got. So you need to figure it out because you don't know what you're going to be like at a tournament. You don't know what you're going to be like on land. So you have to practice like really good habits online so that they do translate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's the whole piece of like, I had to take a year off. I mean, even more than that in all reality. So there's like, I'm figuring shit out. Sometimes I'm the best player on the map and then other times I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> um, there's just learning process there. That's just the way it goes. Kind of going back to like how you get better. Like, and how you figure stuff out like failure is usually a really good path to learn from it's just if you can actually handle it so um yeah i mean it's first week of scrims too like we play phase tomorrow at six so saturday at six um also just getting back into the habit of it sure like it's throwing me off big time i like my (laughs) schedule i'm like what the fuck is going on dude (laughs) Now you're now you're uh, back to peak, um, just pro player hours where what you fucking get up in the afternoon and play through the night and then sleep. At, yeah. You know, I'm trying not to do that though. But then I was sitting in the Discord the other night and I was with Dean, our owner, yeah. and they they needed one for eights. He's like, you need to go play eights. I was like, fuck. So I joined up. It was like 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, Frosty's like, bet, bet me 200, Austin. I'm like, okay. So I bet him 200. Then we lose the first series. I'm like, fuck, I'm down 200 bucks. And they're like, let's dub it. I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Let's double or nothing. What the then fuck we win man? the reset. Okay, let's go. And by then, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. Because we played Argyle for like 55 minutes. We tied it. So we played Argyle, got a, got a cap. Somebody lagged out. So then we did a full re. And then we replayed Argyle, tied it, restarted it, and went to, I think we almost went to OT again. <laughs> um, we played a full game, like another full game of Argyle. So there was like, yeah, 45 minutes of Argyle, maybe 50, 50 minutes. It's pretty crazy. What yeah, the would have 50 fuck? Minutes. So by then it was like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, fuck. But at least and you I won, a, you know? Yeah, no, at least I did, broke even. Oh, I didn't on. lose any money. So yeah, because we won the dub. But it's like 7.30, the sun's out. I need. I was out of cigarettes. I was like, I gotta go to the gas station. <laughs> by then it's 8 a.m. I'm not tired at all. I was like, fuck. So I think I fixed it last night, though, because last night it was like 2.30. I was like, I'm getting in bed right now. I laid there till like 3. And then finally <laughs> fell asleep. I think Frosty was trying to finesse you. Like, that's how it feels <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Fucking 5 a.m. Well, every, hey, man, everybody bet. Like, like, John... So, Renegade was like... Uh, somebody was like, John, how much you want to bet? And John was like, Austin, have you played today? I was like, I screamed. He goes, all right, I'm betting 500. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, was yeah, Renegade those, on your those team? always get wild. What? Was Renegade with you? Yeah, he was on my team. Okay, I was oh. going to say, fuck it. I, no yeah, it was a really like, good lobby. So, it was me, Frosty Renegade... Holy shit. Who was it? Me, Renegade, Bound, and Spartan against Druk, Soul Snipe, Frosty, and Suppressed. Oh, God. It was a really, really good lobby. Holy shit. At 5 a.m. Fuck. 5 a.m. <laughs> just well, so, yeah, I, the morning. they lost one, and I, I typed in that. I was like, do I need to save the lobby? And they were like, yes. I'm like, fuck, dude. Why does this always happen to me? <laughs> it's because you're that good. That's why. 
I've, I don't know why I don't just hit one at midnight, though. You know, I, I just type one at midnight and join up for the midnight series. It's real gamer but, hours, 5 a.m. That's, yeah, that's for it. real. Jesus. So bad. Go ahead, Will. Was so, there another one there? With the new roster, what is each member going to bring to the table? Um, what do you expect them to bring yeah, to the table? What do you table? expect? Yeah. So, figuring that out to an extent, obviously, like, <laughs> I, I know that there's talent. Like, there's a lot of, like, gun skill. Like, tapping does not miss. Barco does not miss. Skilky does not miss. We know there's a lot of talent there. Gilkey and I are obviously a little bit more of like the veterans. So yeah, we'll see kind of right. Like yeah. I have a lot of faith in the roster. It's just, I don't know. Like, again, like we're trying to find the identity. So like, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. And that's never a good answer or like really fun to deal with, but it is sometimes what you got to go through. Um, yeah. I think, I think the identity stuff, like once we figure it out, then that's like, we'll figure that out because yeah, we can sit here and talk about it all day of like what people should fall into, but that doesn't mean that's what will actually happen. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent. There's like, there's definitely talent there, and there's definitely potential to like place really well. It's just actually executing on like figuring it out. Um, Snakebite said something recently in his stream, and I bet he says it all the time to be honest. But like, uh, about how on phase at least not not one single player has a single role, but instead they sh- yeah. every player should be able to do everything. Do you hold that same mentality? Yeah. I mean, you have people that have like tendencies, right? So like you have people that like are trying to go for the objective a little bit more. And you have people who are trying to go for kills a little bit more or people who are trying to play their life a little bit more or people who are trying to just do damage. Like there's tendencies, but at the end of the day, like if you can't do everything, then yeah, that's a problem. Okay. So yeah, like, I think that's where we'll find some growing pains. Like there's a whole piece of like two people coming from a different region. So they have to learn kind of the NA meta and figure out that like, they're not the best player on the map guaranteed. They can be, but they have to figure out how to become that. And then me, I have to figure out like the meta as well because I haven't played. So I kind of feel bad for guilt. Cause he's like sitting there like, that's the meta. And we're all like, it was us right now, bro. Like, <laughs> Um, I, I do think luckily it is like riding a bike. So like, I do still kind of like see the plays on the map and stuff, but it's just, it's not consistent, which is where I'm kind of beating myself up right now. Of like, I should be better, but I'll figure it out. I'm not like down to the dumps about it. I'm just like, fuck this sucks right now. Um, you're in the trenches is what, is what yeah, I'd say, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, when the roster was announced, I think I mean, obviously, a lot of people were like, this is fucking awesome. You're bringing in two different people from two different regions. Uh, arguably, the two best people from their respective regions, as a matter of fact. And when we saw Barcode in that um, in that all-star match that happened like at KC or something like that, or whatever event it was this year, or last year, um, it seemed like he just vibed well with everybody that was there that I think is amazing, right? And then with tapping buttons, we know that he like he was on EG like for yeah. a short amount of time during Halo 5 and like for all intents and purposes he played pretty damn well so we already know what he's going to be capable of there i i don't really know if there's a question here but really just kind of pointing it out that you guys are bringing in arguably the two best players from their respective regions 
bring him to the North American side of things when they both have played on the North American side of things, uh, barcode being with G2 and tapping with be, being with EG a long time ago. Um, do you think that there's going to be a lot of time to get them like with the whole system or you got, I mean, this, Oh, this is going to sound stupid. You guys going to be prepared for Charlotte. Yeah, most likely I, so how do I word this? Like it's going to take more time than Charlotte to be like, to get the full potential Mm -hmm. for sure. If we're able to get the full potential for Charlotte, that's fucking kind of nuts, honestly. Um, but unfortunately, time is just like we said it a few times. Time is just not on our side right now right. because things took so long. Um, and uh, you know, we we miss out on a week of scrims as well, which sucks. Um, so like you know, our our feet are to the fire a little bit in a lot of ways of figuring stuff out. I think we'll be prepared, obviously, because we're going to scrim all the time and we're going to be as prepared as possible. It just depends on how much potential we can like kind of squeeze out in the next month, right? So, is it going to be the team's absolute peak? Probably not. Is it going to be prepared though? Yes. It's just one of those things where like that's where we're really going to see what we're capable of, and then and scrims will kind of show us that as well. So yeah, it's obviously like you always want to like go in a tournament like I can fucking win this thing. Yeah. But you also have to be realistic, and I think that that's really important. That like you're not ridiculous of like, you know, we're in our fourth scrim. I'm not going to tell these guys that we should already be playing perfect Halo against Optic and fucking Phase and stuff. Like that's just unfair. Um, I'm going to ask them to fix those things, and then I expect the same for them to do to me as well to fix it because that's another piece too. Is I have to figure shit out as well. Like I think the only person on the team that like is like fully settled like understands the na meta is gilk yeah so again i kind of feel bad for him in that sense but um yeah we'll be all right like i'm not i think tonight was like a good we showed some good signs of life of like what's possible mm-hmm. now we just have to figure out how to make that consistent which is a process i guess i am glad i asked that like roundabout fucking question because i would like i was worried i was going to get the answer like oh yeah i'll be fucking prepared don't worry about that <laughs> But no, I'm glad you provided context because you understand and you've been around for so long and you've seen both sides and you understand that this is a new roster. People come from different countries and you have your expectations set. And obviously like you want to perform the best you possibly can, but you have your expectations in check. You know, you're going to know what you're going to need to improve upon. And like, that's why I just, this is why I fucking wanted to have him on the show. That's why I wanted to have him on. Yeah, it's just like it. it's it's being realistic. It's something that like you learn. Like obviously, again, you want to go into the tournament like I can fucking win. Like you have to have that. Yeah. You cannot be a competitor and like not have that ego. But at the same time, you have to be fucking realistic so you, you don't go into the tournament with like unrealistic expectations and like putting weight on people's shoulders that isn't isn't necessary. Like it's already stressful enough. Absolutely. Like, it's you know i think nowadays it's less stressful because you have a salary and stuff and things are a little bit more consistent but like you know it's still not fun to go to a tournament and not play well like it's just not fun um the whole point is to go there and play as the best that you can um so yeah who knows i mean we we could fucking figure it out in two weeks like i i will say that when we scrimmed sentinels it was rough we were like what the fuck like all of us were like that was weird like that just felt weird yeah but then we played Optic today and it felt a lot better. Like, 
like choking games that we should have won, and then like clutching some games. I think I think it was we lag, there was like seven lagouts, so it was the most fucking annoying series ever. But I think we won four or five, so it wasn't terrible. Considering that team like blows people out of the water a lot yeah. of times, so. But I didn't play well. Like I'm just not playing that well right now. It's I'll figure it out. I'm just inconsistent as fuck. I'll drop a 1.8, then drop a 0.4. Like I just it's just the way it is. I have to get like into the motion. Sounds like, you know? yeah. yeah. Wait, what? It's, those are our numbers, you know. I fucking I like I don't like it. I'm sitting there like fuck. Like this sucks. I'm beating myself up about it, but I'll figure it out. There's a reason why we're called there, Austin. There's a reason why we're called HCS Pro Talk and not HCS Pro Play. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's kind of the point. Um, let's go to you working for three four three. Now, I I'm going to preface this whole thing with obviously if there's things that you cannot talk about, yeah. just say you can't talk about them. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but if you are able to talk about it. What were your responsibilities as a member of the 343 Competitive Insights team heading into the release of Infinite? Okay, so I'm usually pretty good about this stuff, and I can navigate it while not crossing the line. Um, like I said, it's okay if you can't talk. Yeah, about it. yeah. I'm just, honestly trying to. There was a lot. So we worked with the multiplayer team, the sandbox team, the UI team, the live service team. Um, about basically anything and everything they would ask for like our feedback to an extent we didn't have like truly any responsibilities i do think that we owned we were like partial like stakeholders is the term for comp mm-hmm. settings specifically yep. but that was basically just like they needed our go-ahead to like once we said it was green it was green as well or like, it was green from our end but it also needed to be green lit from you know every other stakeholder mm-hmm. um so yeah, we literally didn't have like a ton of like anything that like we owned it wasn't like we made any of the weapons or um made any of the maps or like specifically like hands-on like made any of this stuff now we worked with the designers to be like hey like maybe you should do this so actually this is something i know i can say so at worlds they showed streets yeah on the community side and you saw that streets where the beast stairs are there's a giant wall all the way up there's no rail that was our feedback that made that real a thing. So like that's the type of stuff that where we would come in was like, hey, like maybe delete this wall, or hey, like maybe like open this up here, um, or like just stuff like that. Weapon placement was a big one that they worked with us really closely on. Um, weapon balance, they worked with us. I wish they worked with us a little bit more, but they worked with us. Um, I can't say they didn't, but there's stuff that I wish was listened to. Um, and and that, for, for, like, just to clarify, like, when you are in a corporate environment, that shit happens. Like, oh. you're going to say, like, you're going to say something that you think is right, and sometimes it's not going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's not me, like, throwing shade. That's just saying, like, obviously, as that team, I, I, I value that team a lot, and I think that team is really intelligent. And there's a lot of stuff that we could have been even better the game could have been even better out of the box um, if some of that stuff was caught or found or listened to and, uh, you know, kind of all the above. Um, and then, yeah, like working with HCS team to find the competitive settings. So, you know, figuring out what the starting weapon was, figuring out what 
um, where the weapons were at on the map, what the game and the map and mode combos were, um, what works on what map. Um, and again, there's a lot of stuff there, like that we could have probably done a little bit better. Like a big one was like, we didn't know what the fuck to do with behemoth. So that's why it kind of just ended up a matchmaking in no man's land. Oh God, for fuck's sake. We were like, but this is the thing. If you talk to 10 people about behemoth, five will say, fuck that map. And five will say, I love that map. And the same exact thing with bizarre. So that's what was happening internally. We were like, five of us were like, bizarre is the fucking worst, but behemoth is better than bizarre. And then the other five were like, behemoth is the fucking worst. Bizarre is better than behemoth. And we were like, all right, just put it in fucking matchmaking. Like, we don't know what to do now. <laughs> what like, side were you so, on? I was on Behemoth. Like, liking it or not liking it? Yeah, I liked Behemoth over Bizarre. Oh, get um, out of here, dude. I'm what? Sorry. I'm sorry. With the vehicles, um, too? No, 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 no. No okay. vehicles. There's no vehicles in the ranked. There's no vehicles in the ranked. So oh, that map... That map's too fucking big, man. It's huge. It's definitely huge. <laughs> it, it, it has its issues, for sure. But It's so big, Tweets. You do know. <laughs> What? Do you know if it's still being tweaked? It was said that like they're gonna tweak it. Yeah. In the back I, no, I really don't know. I so I tried. That was a big thing with the whole leaving two for three thing. As I wanted to get back to being a consumer and not on that side of the fence. Like, right. I want the magic to come back with it. Obviously, it never will to an extent because I know how things are made and what things look like in early stages and stuff. But the whole goal is to get back to being a consumer. Like, I just I want to be on that this side of the fence. Like game dev is weird it's it can kind of suck the love like the soul out of it for you if you look at it too literally and like see how things are actually made and you're like whoa that's how that's fucking crazy but like kind of lame at the same time um like the magic of like design and stuff like you see something when you play with it you're like holy shit how do they make this thing right yeah. kind of adds to it whereas i lose that of like holy shit how do they make this thing oh yeah oh that's how <laughs> um and I, yeah, I wanted to get back to that. So, well, another reason why I wanted to have you on is because the, there we don't there aren't a lot of people that are able to provide that perspective of both the professional player and one that has worked on the game as well, and yeah. especially um, when the game is recent and it's currently being played in the competitive meta. And the fact that you are going back to it, like that's, I think you're when we whenever I I was telling Will about this, I tell uh, other friends about this too. Is that Whenever you put out a tweet about something, and I know like you talked about you're not trying to be on social media that often, but like when you put a tweet out about something or when you reply to something, it's like it's very clear, it's very concise, it's very respectful about things that are happening because you've been on both sides of it. And I value yeah. that opinion greatly because you have been on both sides of it. And you get it. Yeah. That was like a big learning process internally though. Like there is all that like designer jargon and engineer jargon of like you have to say it this way so that they fully understand it. You know, it's like whenever you are in something that you like, you are proficient in, it's really easy for you to explain it. It's really hard for the person to understand your explanation. Mm -hmm. And that was like probably the biggest like learning curve for all of us was how to word. Like, obviously when we say like, we always had the joke internally, we'd be like sometimes some shit you just don't got to play. Right. Like that's, that's that was like the joke of like you'd hear something was happening. You're like, yeah, that was what the we don't have to fucking play that. Like we know that that's bad. Like, um, but you have to be able to explain that. Yeah. Right. So we would play it like we would make that joke of like some shit you just know. But there's like you do have to play it. And because you have to explain it and show it and visualize it and all this type of stuff. So that was something that we learned internally big time of like a lot of word documents, a lot of like talking to designers and like writing emails and talking to them on teams of like 
trying to explain it and they'd be like i'm not understanding and you're like okay let me try it this way okay i'm not understanding okay let me try it this way okay now i get it and you're like okay that's what works um so yeah it's yeah it taught me like a lot of really important stuff but at the same time like it basically just taught me how to like mold that feedback into a way that like the designer is not going to like disengage from the conversation because of like you saying like this thing sucks right like that doesn't do anybody any good no. um you can say this thing's bad you just have to say it eloquently <laughs> and like in the right way so that the guy or the or the woman or whoever is responsible for this thing reads it and goes that's why they don't like it not oh they're just an asshole and think my shit's bad sure um yeah. the moment you get to that point is when shit's kind of chalked <laughs> and that's where we got in halo 5 yeah yeah um so yeah, I, I do hope that I can help pro players this year navigate that shit because there's some people who just need to like not tweet. But uh, agreed with that statement. <laughs> well, we can leave it. We can leave it at that. Um, yeah. Are you in the supposed pro player like GA. message group? Yeah, are you in there? No, I'm not. I need a fucking invite. Yay, I, I comboed dude. optic tonight. I comboed optic tonight, and I was like, "Am I supposed to do this?" <laughs> like, I I don't know. So yeah, no, I need them to invite me to that. Actually, I've I've asked like three people how I get an invite, and none of them know. So I'm I'm gonna ask. I just I've been focused on scrim, so I wasn't really worrying about it. It's um, okay. I, I think it's still mangler, uh, drop weapon, and sword. I think those are the three. Yeah, I know that commando and plasma pistol were being discussed. Yeah. And some teams were, and some teams weren't. Yeah, okay. in it. Yeah, like comboed trippy and then like next time i saw me they kind of stood still but i don't think it was intentional i think it was just a, a coincidence i was like i just pissed them off this controller disconnected you know <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe i'm just kidding um payback that's, ex that's exactly just in a fucking scrim so yeah. the stakes are low to get in your head you know um <laughs> let's okay so i don't know if you can speak about this but uh since we're talking about like things that you may have may or may not have been had influence in i'm just i'm curious if you're able to talk about this is there a reason why uh flag in infinite is five and not three cap every fucking game goes to overtime or a tied game every single so, fucking game unless you get rolled one sec let me let me go check this tweet real quick just to make sure Okay. So, do you follow Zach Boyce on Twitter? Do I follow who? Uh, Zach Boyce. He's the multiplayer game designer. Oh, I honestly, I don't think we do. So I'm gonna look him up right now. Someone tweeted out a clip of them grappling with the flag, like doing the kind of the flag juggle grapple across Argyle, and Zach said on the tweet, "Giving me battle flashbacks of working out the flag and grapple rules." So I'll leave it at that. It was five cap for a reason. His tweet is a big hint as to why it was five clap, five cap, and then unfortunately, time just ran out of time. It ended up being five cap. I wish it was three. Okay. But okay. Yeah. If you see that tweet and if people hear this and go watch that tweet, I think they'll put two and two together. Um, I don't think that would get me in trouble talking about that because they <laughs> fucking tweeted it out. It was hilarious. I I responded to him with the men in black, like the. When he the comes up with the thing and puts the shades on the yeah. memory wipe. And then the other multiplayer designers said like, ha 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 in all caps. So like, it's funny at this point to talk about it. Cause I mean, there's just a lot of shit we talked about internally and we tried some really, people tried some really crazy shit and we were like, well, this ain't working dude. Um, but luckily I think we had a good enough relationship with them. where like, when we got to a point where we were like, this is fucking not it. They were like, okay, that's not it. 
Um, so there was a discussion to have it be three caps, though. No, we, oh. so yeah, it just time. We just okay. like time. It it was one of those things that like there was bigger fish to fry. Sure. And we just fucking didn't think about it. And we we're like, oh shit. Um, and also there is this weird like situation that happens where like if you look at the like the data for flag, I'm pretty sure like there is ranks where it goes to five cap almost every time. Okay. So it's like. They have to figure out how to balance that. Yeah. I, again, I personally, I wish it was three. Um, minus Aquarius, I wish Aquarius was five. Yep. But there's also like the weird stuff there. It's like changing the rules for flag, depending on the map, confuses people. Mm-hmm. So from a viewer standpoint, like you kind of want to have it all be one rule. So Aquarius three flag would probably be fine in my mind, because not a lot of people even get to three. Yeah. But then we played Optic and lost four three today. So it's like, what do you, you know? What do you do? Um, one of those ones where it's like everyone likes to say how easy it is. It's not easy. And you have to think about all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. And again, it was just one of those ones that we kind of fucked up in all reality. Like we just flubbed it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I was just, I was genuinely curious because we, we talk about it all the time. And then when, when bizarre flag was removed, we're like, thank fucking Christ. That thing is out of there because that was just, from a view, yeah, it was awful. Oh, dude. Oh, don't even. I love Argyle. I love Argyle. Though. Really? Yeah. So the shotgun removal and even pros agree now that they took the shotguns out, plays so much better. I fucking love Argyle. Though. I saw Bound put that tweet out that he said it plays yeah. a lot better too. So, yeah, um, no. So, like, that's something that's something that 343, like, this is where, like, you can't win as a game developer, right? So they made that choice and it was really good for the map. But all it did for everybody's, like, psychology is realize, like, now what if we remove it all from the other maps? They're going to play better too. And it's like, fuck. So now everyone's like pissed <laughs> off. Like everyone right now just hates streets. Like I fucking hate streets. Everybody hates streets. And I don't think I hate the map. I hate the fact that every person I run into has a different fucking gun. Yeah. Like I'm getting Sentinel beam by this guy. Okay. I'm getting stalkered by this guy. Okay. I'm getting thrust shotgun by this guy. Okay. This guy's pulse car by me now. All right, whatever. Fuck it. Now I'm getting spiked across the map. Like <laughs> I know that people love to give like pro shit of like learn the sandbox. And I understand we do need sandbox representation. It is important that there's multiple guns on the map, but there's such a thing as quantity over quality. And right now the quality is really low and we need to make sure that we are either lowering the quantity of the bad quality or we're making sure that the good things are there. So commando kind of problematic right now. It wasn't before. Hopefully after Charlotte, it goes back to a good state. Mm-hmm. Stalker is a really hot, hot point of contention right now. It's kind of strong. I mean, it's not kind of strong. It's fucking overpowered. Like every time you see a stalker guy, you just get three. And that's something that just happens with FPS games. Time goes on. People get better with things. They become more proficient with things and they become a problem when they weren't a problem six months ago. Um, so yeah, I, I, I firmly believe in sandbox representation and making sure that there's multiple guns on the map that are usable and that it's not a one gun game, but there is a line and some maps cross the line. And for the record, we are talking about just for, just for people who, may not understand we are talking about like the top level play right now yeah 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 this is like me and my scrims with you know there's 12 other pro teams and then a like so that's 48 people like it's it's less than 50 people and well i i will say high honest matchmaking too it affects that so however many people are in high honest i'm not even going to take a shot a shot in the dark at that but you know maybe a thousand people like it's it's not meant to mean that this is what needs to happen for the entire game it's just the this is where it's at for us right now so how can we fix it while also still respecting the people that aren't dealing with that issue 
Do you think the change to red racks is going to help, especially on the street situation? Yeah. yeah. So that's a big one. I think ammo reduction is going to be really important to look at too, for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we're quickly approaching the bulldog needing either a retune and, or to be shelved and just replaced outright with the heat wave. Okay. I think the heat wave is OP, but it at least takes some skill to use with vertical and horizontal and shooting it accurately. And you get the same kind of gameplay loop from the heat wave that you do from the bulldog without the pressure that a bulldog can put on. Um, or I, I don't want to say without the pressure, the pressure's still there, but at least the person's accurately hitting their bullets. So there's kind of that psychology of like, Hey, he's hitting good shots. Right. Whereas the bulldog is quickly hitting range or the world where it's like, this guy's just spamming it at me and not even really shooting that well. Um, but I know that they said that they're going to look at this stuff with the red racks, the shelving, they're vaulting some of their own stuff. They're going to put some new stuff on it and they're going to tune some stuff. And they're also going to change the ammo. I think they said ammo, not hundred percent, but I know the timers. Yeah. So it's at least a good first step. That's why I'm kind of against GAs right now. Like, I think with 343 starting to make the effort to change the things, we needed to not be like assholes. So keep the GAs we already have. That's fine. But let's not go overboard. All right. That's fair. That is very fair. Um, in the Infinite Ranking Competitive Reveal Waypoint article, you said the following about the BR being the starting weapon. Uh, quote, it's a slower time to kill than a majority of the sandbox and a little bit lower of a skill floor to be more inviting. The skill ceiling, however, was largely due to the delta between itself and the rest of the sandbox, so it's no longer the best weapon on the map at all times, but it's going to be your most important tool to show off your skill and perform well on the map, end quote. We've seen recently some pro players become more and more vocal around the wanting of a precision shot competitive starting weapon over a burst shot weapon. So as a professional player who has competed in titles with both types of starting weapon... Which do you prefer? And what would you like to see for the future of Infinite? So I am, I do prefer single shot guns. Um, But I'm not in the camp that BR takes no skill. So again, it's not black and white. Everything is like somewhere in the medium or in the middle. Um, Yeah, this is the tough thing with Infinite is that Infinite is supposed to be like kind of a scavenging game. So the weapon that you spawn with can't be the outright best gun. Um. So you need to make it to where it has a lower kill time or like longer kill time than pretty much the rest of the sandbox. And unfortunately, the balance changes lately have been shoving that even further of what everything's getting faster, which, yeah, that's the wrong decision to do, but because um, it's just making things worse. But the point was is that the BR can beat everything if you shoot well. But the things on the map that you can pick up can beat the BR if you shoot well. That was the whole kind of point. Um, and now we're getting to the point where everybody can shoot well. So what happens with that? Everything on the map beats the BR. That's the problem. And yeah, I I do prefer single shot. I think the whole conversation of like skill expression is like really hyped up. I prefer single shot because I think the cadence of it and the readability of it is a lot better. Um, but I don't think the BR is bad. And I think the BR has a lot of positives to it. In terms of nostalgia, like nostalgia, you don't want to play on nostalgia, but nostalgia still is an important tool that you can use. Um, People do love BR starts. It does force a more teamwork meta, which we've learned is more inviting to people um, than than just straight up like solo play skill gap. Um, So yeah, it's just striking a balance there, like, and finding what works. I think 
I think Tashi's talked about how you know they want to change the meta. They haven't been able to. That's been something I said this back a while ago too. Like that's one of the biggest problem points in the game I think right now is nothing's changed. So like of course you're bored of it. And if you didn't like it right away, you're really not gonna like it now. Um but a meta shift can change all of that opinion pretty dramatically. Um, but we have to be able to do that. And unfortunately it hasn't been able to. Um, I know they're both completely separate titles, but Halo five pistol or reach no bloom, no sprint DMR. Halo five pistol. So reach no bloom, no sprint DMR was cool, but it was like a turret. You could just shoot cross map easily. Yeah. It's like a laser. Halo five pistol at least took like a modicum of skill to shoot cross map. Like, Everyone has like revisionist history that they talk about how this thing's like so fucking hard to shoot. And I'm just like, eh. when I left, everybody was five and everybody. So I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm just awful with it. <laughs> but yeah, at our level, again, thank, you, about, thank you for the clarification there. Because yeah, well, I yeah, don't play at that level. Yeah, I was just awful yeah. with it. Talking about 64 pro players, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's at that level. That's what that was like. Cause it got to the point where it was like, we were just trading five shots. Um, so did the HY pistol take skill? Yes. Has every starting weapon in Halo pretty much taken skill? Yes. Now you get into the conversations of like what was on the Spartan, what the meta was, where the skill gap actually came from. Um, I've learned over time through many years that people are complaining about the skill gap in the game. It's not that they don't think that it's... They do think this, but where they're... What they're actually feeling, I realize, is not that there's no skill gap or that the game isn't skillful enough. It's a skill gap that they don't enjoy. And they just have a tough time like wording that correctly. Because you can look at Infinite and obviously there's a skill gap. You, you can't argue that, but it, you might not just enjoy the skill gap. But shit, I mean, there's a fucking skill gap in Uno. So like at the same time, you'll I don't like it, but people figure it out, you know? This is the first time I've ever heard a comparison between the skill gaps at Halo and Udo, for fuck's sake. Like, wow. All right. Is the skill gap like per- turning on your Xbox Live uh, camera and having dick pics? Is like, is that the skill Udo. gap that you have in Udo? Dude, like, Udo was a wild fucking world back yeah, in the early, early like, was. before 2010. The, the stories and pictures I would Live, see dude. was fucking insane. I never ventured it. I did play Uno, like, with the cam, but I never got into that fucking world. That world was fucking insane. I, I, I would see people do, like, every once in a while we'd get in and I'd see some dick pics. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like 14, 15, but, like, some of the stuff I've heard about, like, Netflix watch parties and Uno games, that was a different fucking time. It was like Omegle on Xbox Live. It's just, <laughs> yes, it's literally, like... <laughs> literally, yes. It it was the precursor to Omegle. It's, it's just fucking crazy. <laughs> um, Will, I'll let you take uh, take the next ones. Go ahead. Where we're in the Halo section now. I've lost track. Not in the dick pic section. Yeah, yeah we're not. We've passed Uno dick pics, <laughs> and we've now transitioned. Yes. <laughs> So you weren't able to compete in the first year of competitive Halo Infinite due to working for 343 during the development of the game. Uh, when did you know that you wanted to compete once again? And once that decision was ultimately made, was the plan to always play under native gaming? So I don't know exactly when it happened. Uh, I remember starting to the conversation with Tashi because the original rule was that like I couldn't play Infinite whatsoever. Oh, at all? Yeah, Ooh. but... That was because it was a pre-existing rule from Halo 5. Oh. The difference with Infinite is that it's a live service game, so things are going to change, and there's that whole piece. And I talked to Tashi a lot about it, and we like figured out like what the rules should be, and we got to that point. But yeah, I don't remember the exact date 
or like timeline like i remember starting to feel it prior to the pandemic and then we got put on lockdown at home and i was like i need to get the fuck out of here um so you know personal life not liking seattle plus missing competing all that type of stuff kind of yeah. all led to one i don't think there was like a single moment where i woke up and was like i'm fucking competing today <laughs> like that I, I don't think that's how it happened um so and then the the original plan was just to do content creation for the year and kind of find myself and just chill and like content create and like relax finally and then somehow i got linked up with dean through an email. I, I had talked to a couple orgs about coming on as a content creator, but his was the most interesting and the most chill deal. Um, because we talked about it and you know, it was more of like he was paying me as a content creator just to hold me for next year to like guarantee I'd be on the team. Which gave me time to actually take a break and relax. So that was really beneficial. So I can't thank him enough for that. But awesome. um yeah, once I signed with him, that was the plan. Um so since like February ish yeah. last year, it's been about a year. Um, I think the org, I think the org officially came out in March, so the org's almost a year old. And I signed like late February, I think like February twenty eighth or twenty seventh or something. So like literally the end of February. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. They're in the ground running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first year, top three at Worlds, two teams. Not too shabby. Going into the next year. That was one of the biggest questions too. Is and like, we have some we have some other exciting announcements here soon. So you get a fucking you get a tease right now, Austin. Come on, yeah, a little bit, yeah. um, a little bit. No, we that was one of the questions that we had was when we when you had said like months ago that I am playing for native gaming in the 2023 season. Uh, then the question was, well, what does Native Red do? Like, are they gonna? Yeah. Is it gonna stay Native Red? Are they gonna find another organization to support them? Is Native gonna have two teams? And when we saw Native Red just stay and stay and stay and stay, and you saying the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, yeah. it's like, okay, I guess they're just gonna have two teams. And then lo and behold, here we are. I think I think it was one of those things like Dean Derange Native, the owner of Native, mm -hmm. uh, was fine with running two teams, but if a really good offer came in for my team or even red's team he would have probably like thought about it um he really likes the red guys he really likes like us obviously he really likes me so like he just wants to support halo and players in any way he can he's just a big fan of it so he's yeah i mean he's an angel like there's plenty of reason to not be here as a non-partnered org and he still is like just fucking loves it so um yeah, plenty of support, like tons of stuff, like pretty much anything I've needed over the last year, it's been done. Um, yeah, Tiberius Oddly has been our analyst on Native yeah. since like I think March because I said let's get Tibby so that he <laughs> he doesn't get stolen by another org. Because um, I'm a big Tiberius fan, I think he's like the best analyst in the game, and I know a top three team like hit him up and said, "Hey, how much would it cost to get you off Native to do analyst work?" And he declined. That's so, awesome. Um, Good thing we did that because I, yeah, having him is like a, a very, very valuable asset. That is awesome. And I really hope that like, not to sound all doomsday, but like, I really hope that uh, the owner, your guys' relationship native visit in general sticks with it because we've seen, we saw what happened with Ascend. Like they say that we're here for the long haul. 
we're we're gonna we're gonna do it and then they just they fucking leave and then we've seen teams who don't get partnership and they're like ah fuck this you know i get it from a business perspective it's understandable but like i i do hope especially with everything that's been going around lately like i do hope you guys stay hope all the other non-partnered orgs stay hope good things come your guys's way from an organization perspective and yeah yeah i'm not as doomers like most people like i think everyone i know that like understands the esports business under like one the economy is going through what it's going through so esports orgs are really struggling because they were already struggling to make cash if they even did like i think at best most orgs break even Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of venture capital that came in and they just kind of spent it willy-nilly and yeah a lot of like a lot of shit in the background that like you know about and you're like okay this is why this shit's going really bad um so anybody with like a like actual understanding understands that like Oh, United going under business is not because of the HCS. It's because of other things. Like right. it sucks, but it's not because of the HCS or their investment in the HCS. G2 leaving sucks for sure. But at the same time, like Dean and I were talking about this at Worlds, and we were talking about like the teams that would like actually be a big loss. The teams like the partners that I felt like did a good job last year were like SSG, Sen, and then other than that, like. C9 was doing good, but that's because they're winning. Optic has done good. I'm, I don't want to leave out Optic. Optic has yeah. done great, obviously. Yeah. So I almost let them out, my bad. But uh, minus those four, and C9, kind of the only reason they were doing well is because their team was winning, in my opinion. Like, Fnatic was fucking coasting. Like, I don't even care if I burn a bridge with them. Like, that, the way that they handled this whole partnership and being in HCS was just fucking awful. Like, it was not a good fit. Um, losing G2 sucks, but at the same time, like, there's going to be another org that steps in there and takes care of it. Um especially for those players, which uh, ended up being us. Um, and, you know, G1 is great. So, like, we have a bunch of good orgs that are staying in it and want to stick through it. Yeah, um, yeah it, just, it just sucks when, like, you saw all those, like, orgs back when, like, all the denials started coming in. They're like, yeah, we're fucking leaving. And then I know stuff in the back, like, behind the scenes, and I'm like, yeah, like, you're trying to make HTS look bad when, like, you're struggling to pay your fucking players. So, like, let's be real here. Yep. Um so yeah, I, I put out some tweets about that I think, and KCP like I I still like the KCP brand. I think they handled it poorly after a couple tweets. At first they handled it really well, and then after a couple tweets I was like, mm, it's getting a little petty now. Um, we talked about then, that. What we talked about that? Did you? Yeah, oh, it's. Yeah. I get it. You have your business, and like I think KCP KCP specifically like felt like a lot of hollow promises were given to them mm-hmm. and i can understand why they feel that way obviously i wasn't there for the conversations and i don't want to stick my nose too much in it but like losing what they brought for kc and the land before definitely sucks but again like it is what it is to an extent and yeah i, I think all in all what so w- what do we know we have lost for sure united united cloud nine g2 and Fnatic. cloud nine is not gone but well we we also know that but like from a partner team perspective they are gone no they're still a partner team too are they they're still they're still in yeah yeah how come their code isn't able to be used to i don't know i don't know i so that that's the thing that i don't understand there's some stuff going on there but i'm pretty sure they're still a partner team like because they're staying in so we we okay i mean we're doing this interview so i mean you obviously you know like we were told as well that they are like they are fielding a team for charlotte and Uh but like 
when they release the when they release the Charlotte ticket information, their code's not there. If you tried using their code, it doesn't work. Because really, yeah, in in an updated tweet that the HCS account put out or something like that, they included the Cloud Nine code in it. And I'm like, wait a second. So I went to the page to try to enter it. It doesn't work. So I wonder if something. Yeah, I wonder if there's kind of like a back and forth of like, we don't know if we're staying, we don't know what we're doing type thing. Like not to get too speculative. It's one of those things like, again, it's not really my business. I've heard they're staying in. I would okay. assume that they're still partnered if they want to stay in the scene. That's really what it is. Um, so then it would, it would be uh G2 fanatic and United. Yeah. So United was doing good too. I don't like, I don't want to shit on the United. Unfortunately they went under, I think they would have stayed under stayed in this, in the HCS if they didn't have to go, like shut down the org. Yeah. Um, yeah. but fanatic, like they didn't even have a fucking team. The first event. So like, <laughs> I just have a hard time giving a shit that they left. So like I, yeah, United is unfortunate. G2 is unfortunate, but again, we have G1, we have native, like we have other orgs that I'm hearing possibly want to come in still. So I think we'll be all right. It's not as doomer as most people think. It's it's good to hear you say that too because we we always just push forward and you know if the if the org, whether it be because of the HCS or whether it be because of business decisions, if they're not able to stay, then I mean either depending upon how they went out, either good luck or good riddance to them, and we push yeah. forward. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I mean I think if you look at like any esports league, like there's turnover. Yeah. Like I think even like LCS, like you've seen really good orgs come in and leave. Does that mean the LCS is unhealthy? Like, no, it's just the way that it's business. It's the way it goes. Sometimes you're not in the best position to support this specific thing. And I think a couple of the orgs too, like Valorant, like, this, you know, you have to think about everything, right? Like Valorant just announced like their big franchise league and mm-hmm. a couple of the orgs that were partnered also got into the franchise league. So then they have to go think about like, where do we want to put our time and money? Like a Riot developed game in a franchise league is like, it's tip of the fucking mountain compared to every other thing. Yep. Like the only other thing that most orgs will put probably put money into over a riot franchise league is like the international. If they were told like, Hey, I can get the top 14 for the international for pennies on a dollar. Of course they're going to do it. Right. Um, then outside that it's like everything else in esports is just weird. Like it's, we haven't found, we haven't found like a structure that works for esports all up. We haven't found like orgs haven't found like profit, ways to make profit consistently and stuff. It's just, it's just awkward. Like it's just, it's, it's new. It's still just so new. Like salaries just really started like five years ago, six years ago. And Halo, they started a little bit before that, but make a really good point there too. Yeah. No, it's, it's still a baby. It, it really is in the grand scheme of things too. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thing that people don't realize is that when I talk about like Halo esports, like it's so old compared to most esports, but it's still only 20 years old. Like, think about how old basketball is. Think about how old football is. <laughs> true, very like, true. You know, yeah. yeah. Think about how old <laughs> baseball is, you know? Yeah. The yeah. Like, you're crazy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still only 20 years. Like, I say 20 years. It's actually only like 15 for Halo in all reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, because we lost like four years there, too. So, maybe it's even only like fucking 12 in all reality. I don't know. It's just so infant, and there's just so much stuff to figure out. There's going to be turnover. There's going to be drama. There's going to be times where, like, people are freaking out, and, like, it's over. It's all dead. But, I mean, I was playing AGLs in Knoxville, Tennessee. Like, it can't get worse than that. I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> fucking dark days in Halo 4 were dark days. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go ahead, Will. 
Um, if you could summarize the 22 HCS season in one word, what would that word be? That's last season? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so weird is the best word for me <laughs> because I wasn't playing. I wanted to play, but at the same time, I wanted to take a break. But at the same time, I was watching a game that I've been working on the past three years be competed on. And I'm watching my best friends play on said game and win money. So it was a very, very weird experience. One that I've never felt. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was exciting, obviously. Like, the tournaments yeah. were great. But it was a weird... I was like I was like Conan in the meme outside the window, like, let me in. <laughs> like, it was really weird. Oh, It's fucking true, too. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, biggest surprise of the 22 HCS season? Uh, Sentinels. Having the issues that they did and not being, like, in every single grand final, I think was really weird. Um, and then Red, in terms of, like, a high... A team that... Impressed me with like their potential. Red yeah. team that that I was just shocked to see struggling with sin. What's your favorite moment from the uh, twenty two season? Got to be Royal through snipe on formal. Oh fuck it! Oh man, it's got to be formal was chalked after that moment. So, Holy shit! Yeah. So <laughs> I last like interview I did was with Tiberius Audley, and they it was before Kansas city. And they said, who, who finally beat C9? I said, I don't know if they will be the team to beat C9, but they will be the team to win a tournament over C9. And it'll be sin. And then they won the next tournament. And I watched this night. I was like, they, they're going to fucking do it, dude. Um, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, Those guys just can do that though. Like even with all the drama and all the bullshit going on, they still pulled it together and were able to win. So like, I mean, snake bite, obviously when it talked about a little bit in his video, but They've been a team for like seven years, and they find like it took seven years for them to get to this point where like there's some drama and stuff. It was extremely typical. Like me and those guys have have had some issues in the past, but I have nothing but fucking respect for all of them. Like in terms of their play and their yeah, it's just it's nuts that they were a team for so long, saw so much success, and it took them like having still won a tournament within the year. But being inconsistent enough, they're like, "Hey, we gotta kind of hit the refresh button here." They were the if I, I again, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're the longest running roster in all of Halo esports history. I think they're the longest running roster in esports history. If e- you go to look at every Whoa. single esport, I think the only one that might be close is Nip and CS:GO, CS Source, maybe Ninjas in Pajamas, but I think they replaced a player. So, I think they're the longest tenured roster to ever play. Mind over years i think there's i think there's teams that played more tournaments than them obviously because cs has like a land every weekend yeah but yeah um i think in terms of like years played together i think they're the longest tenured roster yeah it's fucking insane that's just that's yeah. an even crazier stat yeah the only thing i can think of from my knowledge i'm pretty i pay attention to a lot of esports the only thing i can think of was maybe there's a chinese team or a korean team i'm not aware of but and games that i follow and scenes that I follow, like the only thing I can think of is like Ninja Pajamas with like Get Smart and those guys, but or not not Get Smart, Get Right. Get Smart's the fucking movie with Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> get Right is his name. Nice job. Glad, glad you have Steve again. Carell. I fucking did it again, dude. It's great. Go ahead. Our best is better than your worst. <laughs> um, do you have like a biggest disappointment of twenty two HCS season? Not really. I mean, sin, like sin, but I, 
yeah. again, I have a lot of respect for them, but like it didn't like bum me out that they were yeah. struggling. Yeah. Like um Ola retiring. Yeah. That was tough. Sucks. Yeah. Especially in the fashion that's happened behind the scenes. It's fucking terrible. Like I love Ola to death. I know he'll never hear this, but um Yeah, I just hope he's all right. We'll make him hear it. <laughs> I don't know Good how, luck. but we'll make him hear it. I always joked about me on with uh, with me on Envy. That we were talking about like what it looked like when we retired, and he said he's gonna fucking disappear. Nobody's ever gonna hear from him again. So he seems to be in. I will say this: Ola is a man of his word. Oh, so before before that a roster was announced, before the Envy roster was announced, before uh, the merger between them and Optic, uh, it, he was never on Twitter or anything. And then as soon as the announcement happened uh, for the roster for the twenty two season. Um, he then became incredibly active all of a sudden yeah. he was doing some streams and whatnot. And then, yeah, as soon as, I mean, all that shit, but like, as soon as all that happened, he just completely went dark once again. So yeah. Yeah. Ola, missing, man. Ola does that. He goes, he, he, he came and went a lot when it came to like social media activity and stream activity. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think he was just ready to move on. Yeah. And yeah. the only way he knew how was to deal in absolutes. And just go. Just fucking <laughs> never look back. I missed that, so, man. Yeah, it was great human. Sucks, but yeah. as long as he's happy, it's all that matters. Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. What would you like to see improve for the 2023 HCS season? Uh, Obviously the break between like the KC and the Super. They've already said they're going to fix that. Um, but other than that, like I didn't really play a whole lot. So from a viewership standpoint, things were really good. Um, genuinely, like there was obviously like some tournaments taking a while or going late and things of that nature, but that's kind of not, like the the business, right? It just happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of play, I didn't play. So like, I don't really know what worked and what didn't. So I'm sure I'll figure it out over the next few months. Like, I don't even know how these qualifiers or anything work. Like they, they put it out, all the explanation out there and I'm like, this is a wordy fucking mess. I'll figure it out when I play in it. Um, Cause I think the open qualifier top eight qualifies for the major qualifier, but Correct. it sounds like the major qualifier is an open qualifier in the way they worded it. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to fucking play in them. Like, I, I think the, it. I think the open qualifier, the open qualifier seeds for the major qualifier, the major qualifier seeds for pools. Okay. But does, is major qualifiers an open? Or is it just either like, even if it is like, you'll still be better seated if you play within the open into the, into the major it's even, even the added explanations after the fact were fucking, they were wordy. I was just like, I'm confused. Like, Like, ah. I, when I read it, I was like, whatever, I'll just play. I I see these dates. I'll be there. There you go. I got it. Um, so do you, okay. Adding on to this. Like, do you want to see, like, okay, so you say you like Argyle the way it plays now. Um, I I believe we're happy with Bizarre being removed. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Would you like to see, like, more maps, as in Forge maps, being introduced? Yes. Okay. Please. Um, So. Go ahead. It'll never happen. This is a fucking, like, this is a Hail Mary dream, but. I would like to see like all the launch maps removed for better forge maps. So like okay. Plaza, when that comes in, 
over streets would be great. Something to replace live fire would be great. Something to re- I think we can keep Aquarius, but if even then like starboard exists right now, if you've played custom browsers at all, starboard is quite possibly the best map in the fucking game. So, um, have to find that one starboard. Yeah. It's best a midship inspired remake. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everyone loves midship. It, does, it doesn't play like MIDI though. I so, swear. Like, it, it plays, it has like the infinite flare where there's like a power up out of middle and there's like cover and stuff, yeah. but it just has the readability of like MIDI. Okay. Um, that could be better than Aquarius. Um, what other maps are in? Uh, having a blank. Lifefire, Streets, Argyle, Aquarius. It's a, I mean, There's one. Empyrean. We're missing one, aren't we? What? Empyrean is going to be in. Empyrean. Yeah, yeah Pit. Pit's in. Yeah. I see. I'm a resident Pit hater, but it actually plays all right in this game because wow, it's just one like of those things. I fucking hate the Pit. I've wow. always hated the Pit. But. Um, this is the thing, though. So I I do not like Infinite Launch maps. I never did. Okay. Um. So like Empyrean compared to those, I'll play it any day of the week. Ten out of ten times, I'll play Empyrean over it. Same thing with Argyle. Um. Yeah, that's not that's not a fan of life. I, I everyone says Life Fire is good. I'm like the biggest Life Fire hater. Um. Wow. And Streets is entering into Streets is actually not bad, but all the weapons on it is making it play really bad. Sure. All the pieces of equipment and weapons and everything is just like, holy shit, this is a lot. Um, so yeah, I would, I I would love to see like, well, positive. We already said they already said positive being remade, and I think Tashi said it's going to go into HCS, right? I believe. Well, yeah, it's going to be coming in season three, and I cannot confirm whether or not Tashi said that it'll be included. But I mean, if it plays well, why? I think, why I, think I remember him seeing that, saying that. So, um. Yeah, hopefully we get to that point. I, I mean, Forge is fucking really good. So oh, yeah. it's incredible. It's, I get that you want developer-made maps in because you know they allocate a lot of time and resources to it. But it's one of those things where if something's better, something's better. Like I, I just, I'm a little, uh, I lack empathy a little bit there in some in some regards of like if it's just better for comp and plays better and it's more fun to watch. Like I don't really give a shit if like the designer's mad that his map didn't make it in sure well i mean especially if we're talking about like the the top players yeah. in the world playing your well, in a niche setting you know yeah so like and i do think that i know i saw tashi respond to king j and said that he's responsible for ranked experience now yeah in his yep, playlist yeah. which is really good because he has his finger on the pulse regardless of what people say about tashi he knows what the fuck's going on thank you for saying that uh, because people don't realize yeah. it and they really I, fucking should I, he makes mistakes. He's a fucking human. Everybody Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he has he knows what's going on and like he's not perfect, but he's a really fucking good person and like actually gives a shit about Halo Esports. Um soapbox over. Uh and when it comes to like Yeah, like I think he's already kind of said that they it's okay for rank to be different than comp. Mm-hmm. Um I know that's frustrating for competitive players. But I'm actually in agreement with him. It is okay for that to be different. Um, because you don't want to split the playlist too much. You don't want to bifurcate the game too much from one another. Because you get into a situation where it's like you have one playlist that's populated and another one that's like cannibalizing itself. And it becomes kind of a big yeah. problem. I see something. What's going on? Do you, I was going to ask because personally I've been shouting from the fucking rooftops that I want a separate ranked versus HCS playlist in the game. Yeah. 
So I get the population differences. I completely understand that. It's just like, if you're, if you're going to have, if you come up with Argyle and detachment and detachment's going to be in ranked, but it's not going to be in the HCS settings. Why? From my perspective, we've had, and I, I get it. We've, we've had MLG playlists in the past, right? We've had playlists that have been dedicated to what is one-to-one with what is being played at the top competitive level. I just, I want that. I just wanted it. Yeah. So that works when the game is healthy. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to make the decision based off where you're at and what the reality is. So for now having some like color and some different types of play and ranked is just going to be more beneficial than splitting them in half. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, let's hope over the next year they're able to update the game consistently and breathe some life back into it and some population numbers are able to come back and then they can look at, like, wait a minute, we can do a ranked skirmish and we can have, in that ranked skirmish, we can have detachment and a bunch of other random maps. Right. Um, the, the the new and improved behemoth or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, stuff like that. Shit, hey, maybe new and improved behemoth comes back and it's actually god tier. We'll see. But new and improved um, bizarre as well. You know, you never. I mean, that's not happening. But you know, <laughs> is that right, salvageable? Right, that. Maybe it might be salvageable. Oh, maybe well, most most stuff is. But uh, yeah, it's just like one of those things where you have to work around with where you're actually at. And because I agree with you, when the game can support it. Yeah. But right now the game just can't. So it's one of those things that you just have to look at it and be like, fuck, like where do we make a compromise to make things better? Right. Um, right. So not, that's not to say that you can't like cross a line. If there's like 27 maps and ranked, it's going to be like, wait, I plan six of these dude. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's good to throw stuff in ranked and test it too and get the pulse on it. If it's like, cause there's been times like what's a good example. Fathom in Halo five was really liked by the players, but data showed that it wasn't fun to watch and players were getting a little bit bored with it and they removed it from ranked. And then we realized, wait, we should have never done that. Yeah. And then it ended up coming back later on in Halo five. So it's like, Oh, and I wasn't playing it anymore, but same thing with regret, the exact same thing. So, you know, there's times where like you learn that like a map in the moment might not be enjoyed, but if you remove it, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. It's bring it back. It's actually good. And there's times where there's a map that goes in and you might be like kind of lukewarm about it or cold and like, I don't know. And it's actually just really liked by everybody. So you're like, okay, whatever. My opinion doesn't matter anymore. Um, Catalyst is a good example of that. I had no idea that people liked Catalyst so much. Until it was removed and they're like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, well, now it's one of those things. It was before Argyle got uh, the Bulldogs removed. It was like I saw a bunch of people saying that they love Catalyst more than Argyle. Oh, yeah, the Reddit was, like, full of it. I yeah. was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then and then the Bulldogs get removed, and they're like, wait, this this is the type of change that we want to see. It's something yeah. so something that appears so small on surface level, but when you remove something at a top level like that, it completely changes the balance of the map. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that things are, like, so hostile about that conversation between, like, people who, like, want the game to not be boring and in their mind yeah that whole social media piece but i think that kind of proved it of like hey like it's okay to remove a shotgun it actually makes things play better like it's just understanding where a shotgun fits like 
or like where a commando fits or just where a plasma pistol fits like it it goes for all weapons like you right. you have to curate the experience based off of the map like i think hail 2 right like a shotgun on lockout was probably shit but there's a sword so it's actually a good thing to have the shotgun because the sword is far more powerful than that so it's just stuff like that they need to figure out and unfortunately there just hasn't been any movement the last year so there's that whole piece of like people are bored and pissed and annoyed and every negative emotion possible and because that's what happens with the games over time people feel every negative emotion towards it right well, at least we finally got a uh, melee trading with swords now so that's, yeah, that's fucking that's a plus a yeah big positive and yeah, and yeah Christ. they do that and then the swords get evolved so. yeah <laughs> you know we take we take the wins when we can get them you know what i mean yeah, and then yeah. and whatever um when the fucking shroud screen comes out in season three that's going to be incompetitive we've already known that are you in favor of more or less equipment I know we haven't played with shout screen yet, so we don't know, but yeah. Um, well, for one, I'm I've been like the I'm I know I'm in the minority with this too, but I'm like a huge proponent of smoke grenades in any shooter. I think that they're fucking huge yeah. in terms of skill gap and stuff. So I'm down. Like I'm super interested to see how that kind of works because it's kind of a hollow one, so you can kind of play the edge of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but the equipment question is interesting. So. It just depends. Again, it goes back to kind of the weapons. Curate the experience for it, right? Like, I think, like, I think you could get away with, like, on some maps, like, I'm trying to think. So pretty much everything has two, except for Argyle, which has two grapples and then a repulsor about the middle. Yeah. Well, why does that feel okay? Map's a little bit bigger. Repulsor doesn't really have... Mo like locations that you can knock people off the map very consistently. It's more so to traverse around the map, which is vertical. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes it okay. But if there was two repulsors on live fire plus the drop wall, this is probably too crazy. So yeah, it's, it's a, again, it's never easy. It's, it's a multifaceted <laughs> answer. No, I appreciate because, the answer regardless. Yeah. Cause it depends on the map, right? Like, and then you look at pit, like there's a drop wall and repulsor. And they don't really get much usage. The repulsor does. The wall doesn't. But I think if you put two walls in each mauler, that's a huge problem. So it's probably okay that there's only two neutral. So yeah, it's. I do think that equipment is kind of the the thing that separates infinite from other past Halo experiences. So it's important to have it on the map. But you, yeah, you just can't go overboard. Like, there's two grapples on Argyle, and people don't think that's overboard. Or, well, some people do, but most people are actually okay with it. Sure. Um, so, yeah. All right. Both. And then, as... Okay, and then, do you want more or replaced power weapons, a.k.a. like Tier 3 weapons? Okay, so just for definition's sake, are you talking about gold pad or like... I'm talking... Stalker, shock, I'm talking rockets, body. sniper, okay. that if there's an option for a good gold pad weapon i would love to see it come in but they're tech there's not right now because the cinder shot would be kind of crazy oh fucking um, insane yeah i i'm actually in the camp that i think you can elevate some stuff to gold pad right now shock rifle can absolutely be elevated to gold pad yeah um but there's the whole piece that people love it and you can use it a lot in btb so it's hard to do that i get that again never easy um there's some stuff that you could elevate, but currently I would say no. 
There's nothing that you should add because the only other option is Cinder Shot or Skewer again, and I'm not a Skewer fan. Like it gives you the story of a sniper, but at the power curve of a fucking like <laughs> shotgun, like like a bad shotgun. Yeah. So there's there's not enough of a swing from it because again, contrary to popular belief, the gold pad doesn't need to be able to swing the game. Yeah. It needs that's a huge piece. Um. You need to make sure that that's a possibility. Skewer does not have that possibility, really. And unless you're in a stalemate, then you're in a stalemate is actually really interesting. But is that interesting enough? No. It, what else is interesting and causes a power swing in a stalemate? A sniper. So let's not add, let's not complicate this. Um, yeah, Cinder Shot I would love to see, but it's just too problematic. It breaks your game. You just get desynced everywhere when you get hit by it. Does too much damage. It's too, it's too oppressive. What, would you like to see a power weapon from a different Halo game make its appearance? Railgun. Which one? <laughs> I don't even think you have to like pull a certain one from a certain game. I think the identity of a railgun is actually really cool. Okay. It's a ranged or up close one hit gun that has a charge time with a loud audio cue plus a visual flare. Um, I think it fits modern game design really well in the sense of like it's very readable when you're going to get hit by it. It's very readable what it does, but it actually has skill expression. Um, obviously, you can't make it too easy, which we've seen happen, and then we've seen it be too hard, and we've seen it be somewhere in the middle at times. Um, if you brought the Halo 5 one, it'd be too easy because that was designed with thrust in mind, right? Yeah. If you brought the Halo 4 one in mind, and... and that one could be kind of a problem because it didn't really feel that good to use. Correct. So finding the balance there would be really important. Um, but yeah, railgun. I think railgun or grenade launcher. But every time they bring back the grenade launcher, they fuck it up and it's too <laughs> strong. So they didn't. They don't. That that gun was like right place, right time, and whoever designed that thing like hit the magic spot with it. And I don't think it was like necessarily on purpose. I think. They did it right, but I don't know how much intentionality was behind that. Like, I think they just were like designing like a cool close quarters grenade launcher with a time and release trigger, and they were testing it for Destiny. So, like, that's really what it was. And they had the the best like funk sound ever when you're like, yeah. Fucking well, and the thing it. that really made the grenade launcher like like scream or like really made it special, in my opinion, was the fact that the the HUD on it would pop up with a star when it was near an enemy. Yeah. So it actually made it to where like you could do like pop shots, like around a corner and be like, look at it and like blow a guy up and maybe kill him. But every single one that they brought back since just fucking, it's a, it's a nuclear cannon. It like that thing gets near you and you die. And it did, like I, a lot of grenade, grenade launcher shots, like made people one shot in reach. There's very few people that could get one shots consistently. It was like Richie Hines, assault ninja, that was really it. Like, there was, like, three players that actually got, like, consistent one-shots of the grenade launcher. And then other than that, it was, like, a lot of people used it as, like, just a one, like, break your shields. God, it, but the Halo 5 one got anywhere near you and you'd die and stuff. Yeah. Also, thanks, Warzone, for that. Um, <laughs> so, my last piece here before we get into some rapid-fire questions. As a professional player, how are you receiving information around tournaments, including format, etc.? Are you finding out at the same time as everyone else is in like a waypoint post or an HCS tweet, or are you getting information ahead of time to provide feedback? Um, so I'm not like directly given the information. I can ask for it though. Okay. 
and I will probably be given to it, given it if they can. Like they're not going to tell me anything that they can't say, but like an example of one as I needed to know what the player hotel was because I needed to, me and the org were going to book some extra rooms because people have their girlfriends and stuff and the org wants to come in. So I just texted him and said, Hey, what's the player hotel? The one specifically for players, right? They give you the hotel list, but I, I know which one they're putting the players and everybody in. Right. Um, so yeah, I can ask for that information and get it, but most of the time, like for formatting and stuff, like, yeah, you find that out around the same time. Not always though. It just depends. Are you being told by anybody like within the organization that something has come out or like, or does somebody have to like fucking just tell you, Hey, there's a waypoint article out now. Uh, so I'm, I have a pretty good like pulse on that. So I'm usually the one telling people that it's out. Okay. Um, yeah. I, st- I stay off social media in the sense that I don't really tweet, like physically tweet, but I read a lot of Twitter still. I just try not to like read shit about me or read shit about like Halo or that type of stuff. I just try to like NBA Twitter. I love NBA Twitter. Um, and just like usually, I usually look at my trends and then I'll like go to, I like, I follow like Halo esports. Yeah. So I'll go to that and I'll see like like the tr- the trend, not necessarily the, the account. Yeah. And I'll see like all Halo esports news. Um and usually I what if I miss the waypoint, it's by like a couple hours. Awesome. Or you could just listen to our show, you know, because we do all the news and everything. <laughs> you only get me every week though. Uh, it's true. It's true. Um yeah. What would anybody have to say negative about you online though? Like, that's what I want to. I, I know you don't look, but like I gen, like who the fuck is saying something negative about Mickwood online? Like that's what I genuinely want to know. A lot of people, fucking idiots, is what they are. Uh, uh, okay, I don't want to say a lot of people. Brains are weird, and they always like to look at negative things over the positive things. Yeah, true. Yeah. So for every, like, I don't want to say like too much and make it seem like I'm fucking awesome or anything, but like. <laughs> Like there's a few people they're re- they're repeating like it's the repeated person like it's the same type of it's the same person sure or like not all one person but there's it's the same people and there's probably like ten of them maybe I don't know but it's always got some negative shit to say it's the and I'm the type of person that just like claps back because I just I don't know I don't I don't I don't know why I entertain it I've never understood but um yeah I'll I'll have like a Twitch chat up and I'll just see red like because your name and it's because yeah. my thing used to be i mcwin so people would say mcwin and it wouldn't show up oh right okay yeah but now i switch it to mcwin so i'll be sitting here like playing a game or like watching a show or something or just like chilling talking to friends and i'll have a stream up in the chat and i'll just see red start popping up and it's just always like four or five people on twitch that just have some negative ass shit to say and i always got to talk shit to them but yeah i don't know there's a few people people love to hate man it's crazy um yeah, that's exactly what it is unbelievable all right, you ready for some rapid fire questions that never actually end they, up being rapid fire? Never go rapid fire, but we we're gonna try. I'll try to break it for you. I'll try to break it for you. All right, good luck to you. Uh, favorite food? Sushi. That's good. Favorite movie? Uh, the Girl Next Door. I thought you were gonna say the same Steve Carell movie that you, <laughs> you <laughs> jokingly mentioned earlier. It's smart. Um, favorite musical artist or group? Uh, Lex on Fire. Okay. Favorite sport and team? NFL Dallas Cowboys. Fuck off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Man. It's okay. Hey, you must be happy de- that uh, Complexity is a partnered organization now, though. Yeah, no, it is really sick. I'm not a delusional Cowboys fan, though. Good. So oh. I am I just grew up on the Aikman era because my dad. 
So you, you weren't um, saying uh, like week six or week seven when fucking uh, who who the fuck was your backup quarterback who won four or five in a row? Rush. Yeah, you, were, you, were you saying we're going to the Super Bowl? No. Okay, good. I, I I was arguing with my dad, and he was like. He's like, dude, if we play the Niners and we beat them, I was like, there's not a world where we beat the fucking Niners. No. Like, <laughs> sorry, I I knew, but also I'm pretty I'm pretty smart when it comes to NFL. So like an example is I knew Kirk Cousin would Kirk Cousin. Yeah. Yes, we knew uh, too. One and done, <laughs> baby. One and done. I called that shit since week five. We're sticking with him too. They all the reports is we're we're keeping them. So we're oh, in Minnesota, course. like obviously. If you didn't yeah. already, Dude, he got know that. those three yards though, and it was a completion, so he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never. I, I was a firm believer as, and here's rapid fire, not being rapid fire, my fault. Uh, always his fault. It's always my way. fault. I I fucking said, and I knew I knew he wouldn't take us very far, but. The point was, I didn't need him to take us very far. We should have just stuck with fucking Case Keenum and not have signed Kirk. And then if we tanked, if we did terribly, we would have had a better draft position. Could have maybe gotten a quarterback. That's been the problem with the Vikings, too, for so long, is it's they're either, like, they're just so mediocre that they've never gotten good draft picks. Fucking, I hate this. On this year, like, they were actually, like, good no, until. no, Austin, we weren't. We were winning one score games that we shouldn't have been yeah. winning. The no, Bills yeah, just not, annihilated but... themselves. Our, our offense was able to put up points. Yes. Our defense, what, 31st or second in the league? Like, we're bad. you can't stop yeah. anyone. You're you're done for. Hey, greatest comeback of all time, though. Oh, yeah, yeah against mean... the fucking Colts, which were one of the worst teams in the league with Jeff Saturday, who was an ESPN analyst before he's a coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great stat. Uh, Kirk Cousins fucking jersey in the fucking NFL fucking like museum or some that's shit. Another, that's another Kirk Cousins stat pad, dude. Yeah. I hate it so much, oh. man. I hate it. Like it's it's mind-numbingly painful. As somebody who as and I will know well, this. I know as somebody who did not pay much attention to the NFL until like uh, three or four years ago, I'd say is when I really got into it. Um so like you, Will, you had like you grew up with the 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 highs and the lows of the Vikings team. You knew what to expect. Oh yeah, right. So like me, I I was naive to it all, and then I finally understood, and I'm like, Kirk was never gonna be the guy. Never that guy. It's the same thing with Dak. So and I'm so sorry exactly. too because like Dak, uh, uh, he has flashes of brilliance, and then it's just yeah, it is what it is. It is not it. Oh, unfortunately, man. it's unfortunate. Um, all right. Favorite Halo game of all time? Halo 2. Really? Yeah. In, That's my favorite video game of all time. Okay, let's back up. <laughs> In that ESPN interview that you did a long time ago when you were hanging up the sticks the first time, didn't you mention how you hated Halo 2 in the beginning? Halo 3. Oh, oh so that's Halo 3. The Halo 2 thing was what I was talking about with my dad. Okay. I played the game on BTB. Yes. And then went and played Warcraft 3. Just, yeah. So technically, the answer was yes. Like, I kind of did, like, dislike it at first. But well, that's because what I was BTB, so addicted to Warcraft right? 3. What's up? Because of BTB, right? And then you learned that 4 is yeah, the thing. And... Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, th- I cool. think that that's part of what it was. And I also just, like... Wanted to play like when at Warcraft three malls like tower defense games. Awesome. Um. So okay, I already know the answer to this fucking question, but I keep it in rapid fire every time, just hoping, hoping somebody answers differently, knowing it's never gonna happen. Worst Halo game of all time. 
Halo 4. Oh, yeah, I heard it. It's fucking, fuck me, you know? God. Best place for food in Battle Creek, Michigan? Uh, there isn't one. Uh, Come on. There's got to be something, like a comfort food of some kind, this, a comfort restaurant that you went to. Nah, dude. That, like, that town's decimated because of oh. Kellogg's and Post pulling their, uh, their, their plants out oh, like 10, no. 15 years ago. Yeah, my my town, hometown is like really fucked. Um, so then I, could, I guess it would be the casino, the fucking casino that's not even in Battle Creek. It's like ten minutes out. <laughs> but like I'll in terms of like food, like you got Taco Bell, you got Arby's, no, you got Bell. McDonald's. Hey, we stand Taco got, Bell here, you know. Yeah, you got gas station food. Um, Are we talking a Quick to Trip think. or a Casey's right now? Like, what are we talking about? The gas station food? Yeah. Yeah. It's this thing called Johnny's. It's Shell. Oh, okay. It's I'm not good. Johnny's it's not there. good. Yeah, no, it's not good. All right, um, I'm trying really hard to think. I was just there. Okay, so I was just there. There is this local, like, um, I keep fucking mango. It's called mango. Uh, it's 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 uh, Mexican food, but it's like healthy because my girlfriend's vegan, yeah. sort of, pretty much vegan. <laughs> um, <laughs> she likes queso. She likes right queso there? a lot. Okay. She, yeah, she she has a soft spot for queso, but um. Who doesn't? I can't blame her. So that place, but other than that, like, there's a bunch of shit there. So nothing. Like, what about genuinely nothing? What about where you currently are? Because you're in Georgia, correct? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. So, oh, dude, where I'm at? Shit. Uh, I'm right next to Korea, like the Korean area too okay. and where i'm at is super hispanic so there's really good hispanic food like i have a this place like right down the street from me that's like a mexican mall and then down the street you can go get korean food and like thai food and oh, stuff man. so ooh, best food definitely took a step up is what we're saying yeah <laughs> yeah uh huge step i mean there's like a ton a ton of food like, do, you have a, uh, do you have a favorite sushi thing. spot near you down here, it closed actually oh, during the pandemic. So, um, there was this place. I, I, see, this is the thing I'm not good with names down here, but there okay. is a sushi place fairly close to us that's pretty good. And we went last year for my birthday. Um, so that's why I'll, I'll say that place. Awesome. There we go. We I got can't there. think of the name though. It's okay. Um, oh man. What's your favorite video game of all time? Hill 2. Oh, yeah. You died. You already fucking said that. What's your least favorite video game of all time? Hill 4. You fuck oh, off, oh, man. Yes. Come on. There ha there are worse games out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seriously? Uh, I play a lot of video games, too, so there's actually probably something worse. Yeah, but and you're I, just fine. Oh, Halo, Halo 4. This is the thing, though. Is Halo 4, like, let me down in every way. I let like, down everybody I don't, in every way. Actually, no. Atlas. Atlas is my least favorite video game experience of all time. Okay. Because that game looked like it was going to be the sickest fucking game of all time. If you ever get some time, YouTube Atlas... I will literally post it in this Discord chat so you guys can watch it because it's the funniest shit in the world. Um, um, well, that's the dinosaur one, isn't it? That's Ark. Atlas was the pirate one. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and there's the video of the trailer versus the reality. Yeah, me and Ghost Ayami rubber banded on a raft for seven hours straight to get out of the zone. We got out of the zone and stopped rubber banding because there was not that many people. Like, cause it was lagging so bad because so many people were in one zone, right? Yeah. We get out of the zone, 
we raft for like five minutes to find like an island to build on and they take the servers down and turn our zone that we just got to into another spawn zone so guess what we rubber banded for another 10 hours out of that zone oh, so my first fuck. like 20 hours of that game was just me sitting on a raft going backwards and forward over and over again with sharks like coming up out of the water <sighs> like it was yeah it was a fucking disaster oh i gave that game a fair stroke though. i put 200 hours in that game the thing that finally made me again that finally the thing that finally made me quit was a Chinese mega clan showed up and it was so fucking laggy that we couldn't do anything and I they raided our base and I was just like I'm not playing this game anymore. But yeah, that's what the fuck wow. kind of patience do you biggest, have to do what? that for what kind of fucking patience do you have to do it for seven hours, then ten hours to be like, oh man, this is I, at least I gotta build something first. So, like some of my favorite experiences ever are on Ark, like with a lot of my friends. So yeah. we were, I think we were just like holding on to hope, sure that like we'd have an Ark experience, and we just didn't. Like, dude, we finally like built our ship, right? Yeah. And they, and you had to put like the dock down, like because it was like building, you had to put yep. it down, and you could only put it down where it was green. So we're like, okay, cool. So we build the ship, and when you build the ship, it drops it down into the dock, right? Okay. We build the ship, drop it down into the dock, and the back end of it hits the sand, and it blows up the ship. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm this is like four hours of work. Like, we finally have a boat. Holy shit. And it's a pirate game. Like, the whole point is to be on a fucking boat. <laughs> and, yeah, it let us build the dock somewhere that... And then, so, I was like, okay, we need to destroy that. So we destroyed the dock, move it up, and put it, like, super deep in the water. Yeah. And then it was fine. But, yeah, it was just... Oh some depressing ass moments Art, uh fucking that game walked. So, um, sea of thieves could run, um, that, okay. What's your control scheme right now for infinite? Recon. I play recon in every game. Okay. I'm a, I'm a bumper jumper guy myself. Yeah. Claw, no paddles. You claw. Yeah. Does your hand not hurt? Like after how many years you fucking done this now? No, the thing that actually started giving me problems with mouse and keyboard games. Oh shit. I started pinching my ulnar nerve a little bit. Wow. All right. I respect the I respect the grind there. And then um, uh what controller are you using to play Infinite right now? A default red one. You and uh I think Lucid also plays with the default controller. Yeah, so does tapping buttons, so does a couple other people have defaults. That's awesome. Claw, yeah. no paddles, default controller. Look at you. All natural, dude. Man, just fucking really proving your age right there. So, um, who's an unknown player you expect to do big things in Infinite? Hmm. I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, again, another thing I'll get, I'll put my finger on that pulse as I start to play, get back into it more. It's only week one still, but sure. I was really high on Vetra, but he's known, right? Right. Um, I think Carmea is going to kind of turn some people's heads. I I was playing with them, but um, wasn't the right fit. But I think Jason, I I like Jason a lot. I think he's really talented. So awesome. Not unknown though. Well, I mean, in terms of unknown, we'll say up and comer. Will, yeah, yeah, up and comer. I would probably say Carme is gonna surprise people. Awesome. And then last three that I have. Favorite Halo player of all time. Walshy. A Michigan from Michigan has to be walls. Hey, it's okay. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time too. So, um, favorite Halo team of all time that I followed. Yeah, just your favorite. Final boss. Final boss. Which one? 
uh, strong side iteration. Okay. And then your favorite Halo event of all time. Shit, I've been to like 56 tournaments. Uh, That's why it's fun. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think which one I had a lot of fun at. Atlanta 2017. Yeah, Atlanta 2017. That's where I met my girlfriend. So. Oh, okay. I was, I was just about to ask you the specific reason why that makes sense. Look at you. First, you throw her under the bus of being partly vegan, and then you're like, you build yourself back up. You're like, well, I met my girlfriend at this event, so you know. Yeah. Good job. That was a crazy, that was a fun event. Well, Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat you with as well. us. And you as well. uh, last, last question I have, what are you up to? Where can people find you? I am scrimming. Where can people find me? Not really. Twitter, twitter.com slash Mickwin, twitch.com, twitch.tv slash Mickwin. But I'm not going to really be posting too much to either of those until the team is in a position of where we need to be. So I'm going to go ghost. I'm going to go rogue a little bit. Ooh. You'll see me at the tournaments. That's really it. Um, yeah, head down right now. So He's in the trenches. Yeah, yes. definitely in the trenches. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Austin, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. It's really greatly appreciated. I've been looking forward to doing something like this with you for a very, very long time, and I'm glad we finally had the opportunity to do so. Um, Likewise. Thank you. And... Guys, uh, find Austin at the events. Go say hi to him. He's super nice. He's one of the chillest people you ever meet. And he, like, he eats, breeds, and shits this scene like we do. He loves it. Go talk to him. And uh, go buy his merch. Uh, I think it's, was it mickwin.net? Is that the website? Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. buy his merch. That's, that's what I got. Also, oh, wait. Runs fuck. a little small, though. They, they do. I they found do. that out. Yeah. I found that out, too. Thank you. Yeah, they run <laughs> a little small. So go go one size up. Do it. Um, I guess I do have one final question. And I know that Native isn't partnered, but is there a rule that you have to be a partnered organization to have a booth at an event? Yeah, I think so. Fuck. All right. I guess I have to buy my yeah, Native merch online. Buy your Native gaming merch online. And I just got the you're, whole bag of it back here. You're wearing one of them I, right now. I am wearing the hoodie. The yes. hoodie's really nice. I have the... I have the pants on too. But. Oh, look at you. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll I'm ask you. I'll up. ask you for the, since you're wearing the hoodie, because I was literally going to buy one right before we did this. Um, how, how's the fit? True to size? So I got a large and it's, sorry, bud. I just kicked my cat. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Animal abuse. How tall are you? Large, uh, six, six, one. I weigh 190. So, okay. okay. For reference. And if, this is a large. So if it's, be really well it's a little long but i also have weird body i have a really big torso lanky boys yeah well yep. if you guys watch the youtube ver version of this then you'll see that mickwin was able to model for us briefly there <laughs> <laughs> um all right i fucking carried this on long enough awesome thanks again really appreciated can't wait to see what you and the native white team do this year and uh again thanks for taking the time of course likewise